This is Comic Shenanigans, Episode 72, Spotlight on Marvel Now, The First Wave. Welcome once again to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. Thanks for downloading the episode. This is your host, Adam Chapman. This episode that you're about to listen to uh, was originally supposed to be episode 70, so when you hear me intro the episode after this brief introduction, uh, it'll say that it's episode 70, looking at uh, Spotlight on Marvel Now, the first wave. Uh, because of some scheduling changes, uh, the Talking Heroclix episode that was originally supposed to come after it, uh, due to some changes in the Heroclix game, we wanted to make sure that episode got out a little bit earlier, it was a little bit more timely, so it ended up being released in, uh, in its this episode spot as episode 70 so you're about to listen to was originally episode 70 now it's episode 72 uh and uh, instead of going up on april the 15th uh, sorry april 17th it's now going on up on april the 24th it was originally recorded on april 7th so uh there's two weeks or two or so weeks of uh marvel now releases which this will not be able to address um for those wondering why we hadn't talked about certain plot points that may have come out in the last two weeks uh, but thanks for your patience, and again, thank you for downloading the episode, and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans, so we're, this is episode 70, we're doing our spotlight on uh, Marvel Now, uh, wave, uh, sorry, first wave. Um, I'm Adam Chapman, your host, I'm here with... Paul Scores. And so we're just going to do basically an overview on Marvel Now, We've, for the most part, I've read most of it, you've read a good chunk. Yeah, maybe a good half. a good healthy chunk. Yeah, I'd say a little bit more than half. Um, and so we'll just talk about kind of our impressions of where the books have gone, the creative teams. One thing I do like about Marvel now, for the most part, is that we're having um, consistent creative teams at least for the first year. Unlike DC, which some books have been so um, they've been switching every like few issues. Like they can't help it. They're just like Green Arrow is I think the worst. They did one story and then they completely went in a different direction and then another. I think they've had four or five directions. Yeah, they're on the 18th issue. Like, that's... You know, you don't want to have that kind of identity crisis for a book. So, with Marvel now, Marvel kind of said... For, again, I say for the most part, because recently we found out one or two books are going to have total overhauls, and we're kind of like, well, thanks for telling us that. But for the most part, they have consistent creative teams, both writers and artists, and a lot of the books have double-shipped, or, like, some of the shipping has been insane for the Marvel now books. That's like, true. Isn't Old New X-Men, I think, on issue, like, eight or nine? Like... Yeah, it's pretty intense, but for the most part, they have for the for those books that are shipping more, they have uh, consistent rotating creative teams, which is nice as well. Because at least then you'll get back to, you know, you'll come back to that artist. Superior Spider-Man for sure has like three different artists because it comes out so often. So, anyways, let's jump into. I, I kind of want to go based on uh, the original kind of release dates for how they. Wi- kind of rolled out Marvel now. Sorry, I guess not to jump in, but did you yeah. want to touch on the initiative as a whole first before we jump into the actual issues? Sure. Or just go with... Sure. Um, okay. That's a good idea. Marvel now, so everyone, when, it, when everyone heard that Marvel now was coming, obviously we thought, okay, this is the new 52. Right. This, this that is, was the big thing. Th- it's a year later, uh, almost exactly from when it started, or like 13 months after, this is the response. Everyone kind of was waiting to see what Marvel would do because when DC first did it, there was like four or five months where they were on top all their books were beating Marvel's books, and everyone was like, what does this mean for Marvel? Obviously, Marvel plans enough far in advance that they couldn't do anything right away. They had AVX was already on the horizon. They had things in the works. Marvel usually has a tendency to plan out, at least these days, more than DC, especially now. Maybe eight years ago that wasn't true, because DC was planning its different crises, etc., but now it's very much short. It seems more short-term. So, or except for Trinity War, where it's just taking way too long to happen. I don't know if... Did you read the DC... Uh, Free comic book day issue last year? No, not at all. It promoted the this big Trinity War 
Hasn't happened yet. It's been a year. I guess they want to pull the Age of Ultron kind of <laughs> yeah. method where we're going to tease something and take two years to do it. Yeah. Um, so Marvel now was seen as the response. However, what Marvel did cleverly was, uh, you know, a lot of new issues were going to be debuting. Instead of doing it all in one month, they were going to roll it out over what six or seven, eight months. Took so, a while, yeah. So it'd have a few issues coming out, uh, a few new uh, titles starting every month, and also uh, no continuity was being restarted. That's the big. That thing. was a huge thing. That's what Marvel does best. Marvel's done this multiple times throughout its history as a company mm-hmm. and they kind of kind of rebranding the lines is the right they, they throw a tagline on all the titles and they, and they move it forward yeah. they just did it kind of line wide this time and you know um, especially with the X-Men titles it, it's a very natural carrier from where AVX ended off mm-hmm. you know they didn't go and in a whole different direction they didn't erase anything that they've done in the past um, you know they Respect mm-hmm. these characters, how they got there, and what yeah. they're doing, and uh, they're moving forward with them, um, and in such a manner that it makes sense for everyone. And it was time for a creative shift on a lot of the writers and artists yeah. to try new things. Some have worked, some have not, and that's natural. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I applaud them for doing it because some people have overstayed their welcome on certain books. No, this right? is true. I mean, I, I loved Bendis when he started the New Avengers, and it came to the point where, and I was talking about this uh, with uh, Nate earlier uh, off podcast, was that the fact was that he got to a point where every issue felt like they're around a dinner table and someone would be on the lawn and the, they, really bad. and they would go punch them. And it's not to say that Bendis isn't a good writer. I think he just got comfortable and stopped being stopped feeling fresh and new and exciting, and it yeah. felt like maybe it's time for a shift. And so you're right, there was a creative shift. Not only that, um, DC has started to feel like it's more editorially driven, especially with a lot of the creative teams not having longevity. They're shuffling things around a lot, whereas this felt like we have people who want to tell certain stories. Rick Remender wants to tell a zany Cap America story, which is something a little bit different, totally different than what came before it tonally. We had Edward Baker on, what, eight years of Cap America? There was a very set tone for a Cap America book would be. So he was like, let's, let's let him do something. He wants to tell that kind of story, let him do it. And I feel like they did that across all their lines. They had car- uh, creators who really wanted to tell these stories. And they felt like they were breaking from the last kind of feeling, the last atmosphere for these books. But it didn't mean that they were going to pretend that those things never happened. Right. So, like, Daredevil, I mean, Daredevil wasn't part of the Marvel Now initiative in terms of a restart. But some people say it's kind of like the prototype that they wanted to go with, where it was coming after a long period of very uh, dark storytelling. And it was kind of, it was going down this slope. And you're like, and a Shadowland happened. And everyone's like, how can you even do anything with this character? And Mark Wade said, I know how, and he just made it a, a, a romp, a fun, exciting thing where it acknowledged what had come before, but didn't feel like it had to continue the same tone. Not tied down by it. So yeah. they kind of took that what Mark Wade had done with Daredevil and said, "Let's do that everywhere. Let's let's tell new types of stories. Let's just have fun. Let's have fun with the rebranding, what people expect of us, and do something different." And I think that's for me has made it more enjoyable than New Fifty Two. Maybe not in terms of being the best jumping on points in some cases. Because you still, because the the continuity still exists and that can still be a little bit off putting, but in terms of just having good stories, the stories are solid, for the most part. For so, the most part, depending on what you read. Uh, so I mean, do, can we jump in or do anything no, else you want to no, talk no, about we, in general? We, well, we might touch on more stuff as we go, but what's, we can go. What's interesting now is now they're kind of saying, well, I, first of all, the new fifty two doesn't feel new anymore because it's 18 issues 19 issues in so a lot of people are like well what's it going to be called at some point so we call, <laughs> cause I can have the new new 52 whereas what I like about Marvel now is it's Marvel now right. it can really exist whenever they need it to and what I like is that this is the first wave and now they're calling it that because they've already said okay we're going to have a second wave 
Yeah. Right? It's going to be starting after uh, Age of Ultron is over. So, it's, it, how many waves can we have? Like, it could eventually get the you know it's wave ten. Each wave feels like its own new rebranding. To a certain extent, yeah, Which and they can clever. drop that now whenever they want to, right? Because so they don't need to because it's now. Well, I, I understand. I, I know. It's the beauty of it, of course. Yeah, it's, it's nice. But, you know, like, eventually, yeah, they'll have to drop that banner in U52 because it won't matter anymore, right? But they still do it. And, they, and, like, and, and even in, like, the trade paperback selections, like, if you look on Amazon, they actually list it by, like, the new, new 52. 52. So yeah. if you don't want anything that's not new 52, just type in new 52 and you'll only get those books. Smart branding to a point because it does have that longevity. So the first book to come out of the out of the kind of get rolled out was Uncanny Avengers. Now we had talked about the first issue back during our AVX spotlight. Yes, at the very end of that, because because uh, uh, that was like a marathon. four hour conversation, yes. and right my at fault, the end we're, we're like, let's talk about Uncanny Avengers number mm-hmm. one. Now, have you been reading all the issues? Uh, some of the issues? Yeah, no, I read uh, the latest one I read was at the end there with Red Skull quasi onslaught thing going. Okay, on. so there's been one issue after that. Okay, uh, by Olivia Coipel, which actually said a lot of people upset. I don't know if you read about it. No. Um, because Havoc does this, this this speech. Okay, okay. I've heard mumblings of that. Give me the rundown on that because uh, I don't know Havoc, what the full details. is. Havoc does a speech about, like, because someone's like, you know, are you, something about mutant and what that means and if he defines himself by it. Anyways, and a lot of people have taken it to kind of be on its own kind of racist in its own way. I I didn't read it nearly as carefully as the people who are upset by it. I didn't really think it was. Is that what the M word is? Mutant? Yeah. Oh. M word is mutant. Right. In the Marvel Universe, it always will be. But it was just this idea that he's saying, like, I don't identify myself as a mutant. I, like, and they're like, well, what do we call you? And it's like, call me Alex. Like, it was just, it felt like Remender just trying to strip it all down and say, this is Havoc just speaking to people. And a lot of people took it the wrong way. Oh. Yeah. You'll get yeah, there. Yeah, because I, I think even he, I, I think I read at glance of something that said uh, that wasn't his intention. Like, he's, he was floored that people were yeah. making such a big deal, but it wasn't where he was going. No, I got, and I, I, I think sometimes it's, actually, we, we just recorded a, uh, episode 68, which will already come out by the time this episode comes out, but Nate is one of those people who sometimes looks a little too hard at the comic sometimes. I mean, I, 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 I love, I don't know, he's probably listening, or maybe not, but I mean, I like, <laughs> well, the, I like well. that he does that. I like that he has really close examination of the text a lot of the times, especially when we do spotlight episodes where we look at something in particular. But, Sometimes like, that's just not always the way that I'm built to read the comics. Sometimes I'm just reading them because it is entertainment. I like it when it challenges me in certain ways, but sometimes I'm just it's a comic and I'm reading it. I'm enjoying it. It's a fun read. I don't always look at the, the deeper messages that could be contained inside. And I think some people took it to mean something that it wasn't meant to be. Okay. So the first arc, how did you feel about that? Uh, and you know, I guess be quick because we have a lot. Of yeah, yeah, I'll be really quick. Um, overall... Again, I'm not huge on Cassidy, despite the fact I'm a huge fan of Astonishing X-Men with him and Whedon. Okay. Um, I don't love the art in this book, necessarily. No, me either. Um, it felt rushed. Yeah. And it didn't feel like he had the time. It just it looked muddied, and uh, some of the action wasn't all that clear. I loved this Astonishing X-Men, and I was like, I can see him here, but it doesn't feel like him, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think we have the sense of uh, realism, maybe? Maybe but you can see, like there were some really awesome scenes that you had in Astonishing that aren't just aren't here. Um, I think part of it's because you had Whedon writing it, and he had more of emotion for the characters. Yeah, like it was more emotional book. Even when the bigger ideas were being executed, there was a little bit more in a, of emotion. And this just felt more like Remender doing a little bit of weird, but also doing that kind of big scale thing that maybe didn't have the same resonance. Exactly. Um, I didn't like the uh, the immediate desecration of oh, Xavier. 
Ugh. uh you know the the brain surgery and having it put in red skull i did I, too soon you know like <sighs> too soon there's like the next week yeah you week know after AVX you, you just killed xavier for reals apparently and you flap his brain inside of Red Maybe Skull. that's why they did it. To kind of be like, I know you think that he's going to come back, but I've just ripped out his brain. I've cut open his head. And he's, like, when he turns into Onslaught, doesn't he still have the bo- the body in front of him? Like, I think, doesn't in the last page there, he's still got the body? No, no it's just Red Skull's head on Onslaught's body, isn't it? I think, uh, we'll keep talking and I'll look for yeah. that issue. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not loving Uncanny Avengers, to be honest. It just seem, the characters all kind of seem a bit off. You know, um, they kind of shoved Rogue here because they had nowhere else to put her. Um, you know, it's, it's a book you want to like, but it's not. And I know a big thing they were trying to do with post-AVX was bring together more Avengers and X-Men and not make them both separate. But I think besides the fact that you have X-Men characters and Avenger characters yeah. in this book, yeah. there's still a big divide. I don't feel that there's That's true. a unity... To a degree that I guess I expected, perhaps. Okay. Um, they call it the Unity Squad, though. Yeah, which is fine. <laughs> um, but uh, so far, not. You know, it's not bad, but it's not what I want it to be. I guess would be it. I I, I thought it would feel more like the flagship Avengers book, and for me, it hasn't become that. No. Not that I'm necessarily that upset with it, because I prefer it's been going on elsewhere. But, um, yeah, I just thought, I thought it would be something better. Yeah. And I, I guess I was really turned off by the Red Skull arc. It just, that, it felt, yeah, it just felt, it was a weird version of Red Skull, too, because, like, it's, it's he was trapped from the 50s or whatever, so it's not even, like, the more current version of Red Skull. It's a very specific, like, he's just been a Nazi. Like, it's he doesn't have that, the element of having been in the Marvel Universe for the last little while. Right, that's exactly it, too, because I was reading... I, From what I knew of Red Skull, after reading all the Brubaker stuff from Captain America and Fear Itself and this and that, like, who is this Red Skull out of the blue? And it took a while to finally get you to... Yeah, and I guess part of it's, again, the Cassidy's artwork is very exaggerated facial... Like, the, the face on Red Skull looked more comical, and it didn't look as fearsome, it just looked silly. Um, yeah, and the arc, it should have been better. I, I expected a lot more from those two creators because those are two really good guys and they just didn't really do it. Yeah, okay, so the last page oh, number four is okay. Onslaught has the, the body I don't know why he's still carrying around the body of Xavier, but who doesn't have the top of his scalp and he must that thing must smell. Yeah, I like the king body, yeah. Now it's interesting. Okay, so we have that first arc with Red Skull and then at the last page of uh, the fourth issue it kind of feels like another Age of Ultron kind of switch where it's in the future. We're seeing what happens in a few months or whatever and Onslaught's back and something bad has happened and Immortus is dead and you see his like bones and it just kind of feels like, first of all, we already have Age of Ultron this big thing happened now we have another thing that's kind of happening and it just... And again, I love Onslaught but I don't want to see Onslaught at all. And I don't definitely don't want to see Red Skull Slot. I mean... <laughs> Red Skull Slot. <laughs> like... Like better, I know I'm with you. I'm with you. Like Onslaught had his day, and then it then it went, and then we had and then we had like Onslaught reborn, and it was, Onslaught, they have and then Onslaught unleashed or whatever. And I was just like, I like Onslaught, but leave him be. Like he no, if you're gonna use him, do something right with him. I don't know if this is it, right? I don't so, know. but I do like seeing uh, Onslaught in his proper text. Yes, he says like you font. know the day the Onslaught began. You have the font for Onslaught. I'm like that's uh, right under it. You should say Phase One. Right, because yeah, that's right. That just seems right. But um, I'm interested to see. I mean, the the first issue without um, Cassidy was actually a much better. I don't know if it's because it's a different artist, but 
it just felt a little bit different, a little bit more, I don't know, fun. You had, Wonder, again, Wonder Man's a pacifist now. I don't understand why. Um, I don't know. I won't belabor the point. It's, it's just not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, also released in uh, October 2012, it was Apos X. Have you read a lot of this? I read, I think, the first two issues okay. for sure. Maybe the third. Cutesy little story. Same vein as a versus X, right? Yeah. Um, My problem with it is that it's $4. It's three ninety nine for a book that doesn't matter. Yeah. Now I know comic book fans get really like you know, win, like, kind of weird about books that don't matter, but like you want to feel like it's a continu- the, the Marvel continuity is a tapestry, and every piece of the tapestry matters, and it, it could bring come up at some point. But books that feel like they're just throwaway stories and they're just kind of cutesy one offs, you feel like they're not going to really matter. So why can't it be three dollars? Because it's, I, I don't know, for me, like I don't have a lot of money spent on comics anymore, and I, I prioritize based on, and I know this is terrible, but sometimes it matters on, is the book going to matter, and is the book good at all? And if the book isn't, is not is fun but not amazing, then it needs to matter to stay on the pull list. Because these days, I mean, with p- p- the prices in comics going up, yep. you have to pick and choose. And for sure. If, for There's me, so much content, you have to be very... Yeah, I mean, want. especially with Avengers being like the hit franchise now. I mean, X Men used to be it, and now it's you know Avengers has a billion dollar movie. Everything has to be Avengers. Everyone in the, in the books is almost an Avenger now. So, and to Marvel's credit, they're coming up with some amazing Avengers content. Like if it has an Avengers name on it, most of the books are quite solid, except for this. Thankfully, it's not technically the name because <laughs> it's just the A. Um, it could be great. It's got a lot. It's got a lot of different. I mean. It's got good artists and good writers. It's just what I like about it is that I could just pick up an issue and it'd be like, I like these characters or I like these creators. Next issue, don't bother. That part I like about it. It's very pick up and go. To an extent, yes, but even that you're getting half a story and half a book, mm. right? Or you're getting a full story and half a book. So it's a very rushed little blah blah blah, like wham bam. Thank well, it's because it's because they it's because they don't have to worry about setting it up the same. What I'm excited about for the format is because it allows the creators to hopefully challenge themselves. Because they don't have a setup. They don't have, you know... Like, I don't know how Bendis would function in this format. <laughs> where he has, like, ten pages. Like, because that's, like, ten pages. That, like, he needs 40 to do the setup of the story. Sometimes. I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm a little mean on Bendis. Yes. But, I mean, sometimes his books can feel that way. And a lot of modern writers feel that way. Because they know that half the time they're writing for trade. They're able to pad it out. Ten pages is amazing. The fact, like, it could challenge you as a writer to... How do you get your point across this quickly? But again, it, it makes it feel like a book that you don't need to buy every issue. No. You can kind of pick and choose. Sometimes some of the issues have been really darling. Sometimes it's half an issue is great. That's the problem too. Is that you might love this one creative team, but the other creative team you don't want to go yeah, anywhere near. That's it. also very true. Like I think issue two or three had that. There was a weird story with Kitty Pride and Iron Man, and it was kind of a weird. This the art I didn't like, but the story was kind of interesting. But it was kind of like, but the, that's half of it. That's only half this book. But if the other half is by two creators I loathe, like. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, it's, it's a mixed bag. I didn't like you know, A versus A plus. They both fall flat for me. Like it's yeah. it's not good. If they were like, th- let's talk about Hawkeye in the last episode that we did, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, simple and fun, right? And done in once. Yeah. So this needs to follow the same vein. Maybe if they lose, trying to cram two stories in it, yeah. right? Do no. one full. Maybe that would improve I it a bit. I think it could be a lot more engaging and interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. then you have more time to develop the characters. Yeah. Uh, and their interactions. That's the problem because half the time they're trying to throw in a villain too. You could almost just have these two characters. Yeah. What I'd like to see, because this counts technically, is just have a Wonder Man B story. 
they've always been good buddies. I mean, I know you don't know as much about some of the Avengers lore, right. but like they they used to have like t- legendary team ups. So th- that would be a perfectly valid A plus X, and yeah. I, I I would buy so I would buy a mini series of that. I have in the past, so I mean <laughs> that'd be there fun. You. But yeah, I, so it, get rid of the rushing, put make it a one one shot with one team, and go from yeah. there. So in November 2012, we saw all new X Men start. Yes, love it, absolutely love it. Um, so it's by ben, Brian Michael Bendis has yes. written it, and then the first arc was by Stuart Eminem, the second arc was by David Marquez, who had previously done uh, the kind of uh, fill-in work when Sarah Bocelli temporarily left Ultimate Spider-Man. Love David Marquez. I'm like, I like Eminem too, but I'm almost more of a fan of what Marquez has done in the book. Well, I mean, it's just, I, part of it also is the colorist. I don't know who exactly has been doing the colors, but... Very good. But yeah, the colors are extremely vibrant. This is, and it's a beautiful this, book. And it doesn't feel like Bendis half the time, in, oh. in, a, good, in, in a good way. I mean, yeah. I love Bendis, but sometimes, again, he feels a little bit more set up. First issue didn't wow me because I thought again a little bit set up, but then from there, but I you was, had to. This you did need to set it up. You did. <laughs> yeah, it's such a high concept here, bringing the original five in, right? Mm-hmm. You had to very carefully bring them in and have it make sense. You couldn't just plop them in and go. Well, to right? me, it's more keeping them in the present and making that make sense. Exactly, is mm-hmm. more is more of the story, and yeah. the fact that he ma- he makes expert use of the first arc to explain why. Exactly, because other writers lesser writers may have just brought them in and left them there and not really explained why or even shown their struggle to adapt and understand the world but Bendis that is the story for him so the first arc is the only the, the money shot is really at the end when like no we're staying yeah. that's what Bendis wants to do yeah. so the first arc is almost just paying lip service to get to what he really wants to do and from there he's having a lot of fun with it like uh, Scott Summers is I love young Scott in this book like he's so much fun to read when he goes to and finds the safety deposit box that like the older Scott Summers had like that's mm-hmm. fascinating and like what was Scott doing with all that money like what was he doing with passports and all this stuff like and it makes me ask questions but makes me more interested in Scott Summers as a character both current and uh, the uh, younger version because like who has this man become like we've seen him as one thing but there's other elements we don't always get to see because, absolutely because we see him as leader of the X Men we don't always get to see the other parts so. That was fascinating. It's like Scott now is almost the bat, the mutant Batman, right? With the preparation and, and, and all this crazy secret stuff. And no, this is true. So I apologize for the, for those listening. I've moved the the microphone a little bit, so they may have heard some a slight some noise. Da, 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 da. But yeah, I'm I'm all over this book. I am a huge fan of it. Um, you know, Bendis was done with Adventures. He's taking he bringing fresh take to the X Men mm-hmm. again. Time to disconnect though. You kind of have Cap show up at one point, and once the Avengers realize, hey, this has happened, mm-hmm. and it goes to his good buddy Beast and says, "Hey, Beast, uh, you got this in hand?" Nope. <laughs> okay, then you take care of it. I'll see you later. Which kind of I did like when Cyclops kind of came up to him and said, "Like, can you like like had that little talking to with him?" Like, yes, I, I like seeing Scott. Seeing young Scott become the Scott we know, yes, before he goes before a little goes. bit more down the road, yes. like and see and seeing him do it way ahead of time. Same thing with Jean, like seeing her become the Jean we know, but before she was ready to become that Jean, and like she's scary. Like they're actually like like she's a scary telepath here right now, yeah. Like especially that last one where she kind of changes Angel's mind, yeah. Like, like and you don't know where's this gonna go with this. Like it's it's really well done. Uh, it takes your expectations and flips it. And again, some things I hadn't thought about was like, what does Angel think of the new Angel? You know, who's scary if you know that's what you're going to become. Yeah. Like, and no one wants to talk to you about it. Yeah. Like, that's creepy. And even Angel, current Angel himself, doesn't know. Yeah, and right? that's even, even that's almost worse, right? Because right? yeah. like, like Beast and Beast can talk. 
Yes. You know, and like Cyclops can hear about it and he can at least see what, who he is, but there's no one talking about Angel because that's too creepy. Yeah. For Daniel, like, you became an agent of death, you know, and then you got messed up in the head and now you got reset and you're nobody. Like, you're not, you're not Warren anymore. You're this weird exactly. cipher. Like, that was scary as hell. Absolutely. And Jean found out she's dead and Bobby she did all exactly this... the same. Yeah, Bobby, you... <laughs> not much has changed for you. You're just not a snowman anymore. Yeah. You still have problems with your powers, but yeah, it's fascinating. It's been mm. such a fun book. The artwork's great. Bendis is really feeling it. Again, I think part of this is that when Bendis went on the Avengers for the first time, he was so excited about telling Seth's amount of stories. And after a while, he was just he was got used to writing the book. Here, he's never really read the X Men before, yeah. so he's excited about. It. And it's like let's do something a little bit different. Let's play with a new sandbox. I'm like, okay, let's jump in. Yeah, now the X Men need a serious kick in the butt to bring themselves back. Rising from the ashes with the phoenix, and, mm-hmm. and let's go do this. Literally, yeah, yeah. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm huge on this. On the, him, his uncanny will get there as well. Awesome stuff. Yeah, it's really good. But and again, they picked the right artist. Stuart Eminem has done a great job. Man, he's the only thing I wasn't a huge fan of mm. was his design of the beast. Because I'm not really okay. sure what that is. Yeah, like yeah. I, I get it. I think they're trying to do, kind of make him more like he used to be, but not have Wolverine's haircut. <laughs> And part of that was the shape of his head, right? Yeah, yeah okay. Because, like, especially when you, like, for fans of the 90s X-Men series, like, they look the same. They do. Like, it just, like, Looks if you blue. take out the colors, and they're kind of the same, except for the, the fangs, like, they're pretty much the same. So, yeah. I, I appreciate that they tried to do something. I almost wish they killed him in some ways, to be honest, though. Like, I, I think he could have died, and I would have been fine with it. Like, he didn't need to just be going through a new stage mutation. of evolution, a new mutation. I get why they did it, and it kind of makes it interesting, but also, I think it would have been fascinating if he died. Like if Young Beast knows now, like I come I back, over. Yeah. I come here to try and fix him, and I fail. So like when he eventually goes home, obviously they're all gonna get mind wiped the minute they get home. But um, this idea that like he fails and he knows he's gonna die, like, that I think would be more upsetting. True, but because like Jean already... knows that she's gonna, that she's gonna die, die yeah. but Beast knows he's not gonna be able to save himself from dying. Like that, that's mind bending right there. Yes, and that's pretty heavy though. I think you're already dealing with all kinds of heavy concepts with the young Scott and Gene. And yeah, you're right. Through that, on top of all that, oh, you're my right, Lord. But it's just like it's just kind of weird that like he really they were bringing them there just to kind of have this weird new look. Yeah. But I did like the issue where like you had Gene going through his mind. Kind yes. of, like that was really cool and there's some really good panel work oh I love seeing... that one splash page mm-hmm. right and when you use the, the Marvel AR app okay. uh, on your phone what it does is it tells you which issue that came from oh, and I love explains that. this is from this issue this is from that and it gives you a quick blurb very nice use of the AR that's app, pretty much the first time I've ever heard of that the, a- the AR actually seemed like a really cool idea yeah because usually it kind of like they do like weird intros or they like Deadpool narrates his intro yeah. page, page for you and that kind of feels gimmick yeah. That actually feels like like uh, bringing what narration boxes used to be. Instead of having it on there, and it's a little bit oppressive. Instead, it's just this little thing, and it tells you where. That's cool. Yeah, and it was I, great. I, I would. Like, I don't use my Air app a lot, but every now and again, I, I remember to take it out and I read a comic. And okay. for that one particular, it wowed me. That's awesome. Uh, a lot of it I look familiar, but I don't. Again, the history is not known to me as well. Okay. So, but that's cool. I know. Do you like uh, the whole mystique stuff that's happening? Steak and Sabretooth. And... I haven't gotten the most recent issue yet. Okay. Um, but uh, I like the talk that uh, she had with him and then him not telling anyone about it. And yeah. yeah, you can't keep secrets from a telepath. And then like Kitty's like, like what? Like you, you can't just be talking to people. Like this is dangerous. And and even um, Scott like taking the bike. That felt very like movieish. Yes. But it was fun. Yeah. Again, this book is fun. It's a really fun it's read. Um, and the first, I mean, it's interesting though. If you read this. 
and and you're really liking it and you're liking having seen older Cyclops and then they kind of remove them completely from the book because they go over to Uncanny except yeah. for the most recent issue because they, they come home yeah well it's about time they, they, they've yeah. crossed right they um, gotta keep it together and make it matter other books that came now Cap America you haven't uh, given mm-hmm. a shot no. so that was by Rick Remender and John Rita Jr. I'm kind of really disliking this um, I understand that they wanted to go in a different direction. It feels very Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby used to do weird, crazy concepts with Cap. Um, so they're stuck in Dimension Z. Uh, basically, it's um, uh, Zola, Arnim Zola. He has his own kind of dimension. Weird stuff has been happening. Cap America's been there for 10 years. Yep. He's much older. Uh, he's raised a child uh, who he saved. He's got crazy beard. He's He's got um, Arnim Zola... Uh, like a version of Arnim Zola infected on his chest. So he's actually got a face in his chest that is taunting him. And yeah, weird, weird shit. I'm not a huge fan. Wow. You can slow down that book really good. And it's by John Reader Jr. That's just... Which, which version? Let me show me which... Uh... Yeah, we were looking through uh, the uh, the Marvel art of John Reader Jr. And actually, looking through the Captain America run is the same as looking through that book. There's some amazing panels of the, the detail of the Cap's face. with the, He's got a, this overgrown beard and he looks so haggard and beaten. And then there's other panels where I'm like, weird monsters and it's weird shit. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to I don't read this anymore. Uh, I'm not a huge See, fan. It's, it's Cap out of his element, right? Yeah, which, to be fair, is... It is where they should have gone. Like I, I'm personally not enjoying it, but I appreciate that after they eight years, else. eight years of Ed Brubaker and a very Ed Brubaker sensibility to Cap, that doing taking him and doing weird, you know, bigger, larger than life ideas makes sense. I just don't like. I it. I guess yeah, Brubaker put Cap where he should be. Very street right. level espionage, yeah. and then there's some bigger stuff happening with cosmic cubes, etc. But it felt very grounded, and mm-hmm. especially the art was by you know a lot of different artists who maintain that tone. This is much more otherworldly. It's fine. It's more of the superhero cap as as opposed to the espionage cap and more street smart cap. But I just don't like it. But there are you know there's there's people out there who are going to love it, and I hope. Yeah. Well, he can only stay out there for so long. For them. Um, then there's a new Deadpool book by Brian, I guess Posen and, and Jerry Duggan. And John guys, right? Yeah, I don't like it. I read the one issue. I'm like, I'm good. I don't need to read anything more than this. There was wow. Dead Presidents. I I I really like Daniel Way. I didn't on the book. I thought he had a you know he wasn't the best Deadpool writer, but for the most part, I think he had a good sense of where he wanted the book to go and sense of. Deadpool is a character, and I just don't care much for this new I'm version. Pretty good humor, for the most part. I mean, he's a tricky character. Deadpool has to be funny. If he's not funny, it's not a good book. Yeah, but a lot of writers play him too too much on the funny, and like he's he should be darkly funny. He should be serious a lot of the time. But he's but demented, yeah. So he's... He, but but not comically so. I think that's the problem is that often that they play him up that way. Uh, then to move into Fantastic Four and FF, have you read any of this? No, okay. That's okay. It's not a Fantastic Four guy, but I I looked at that FF team. Oh, yeah, right? with uh, she thing, the She-Thing. So She-Thing kills me. She-Hulk, Miss Thing, Miss and Medu- Thing. Medusa, Sorry. and Ant-Man. Sorry. Um, Come on, Miss Thing. Come on. Now, Can you give me... Okay. If you're going to give me another female thing, at least make it be Sharon Ventura. Yeah. Okay. But, or anything. Anything, but more <laughs> anything. Than what, no, anything more than what we got. We got, uh, we got a, a stupid... Not stupid because maybe she's better than what she seems. She's basically like a pop star who's like dating Johnny, and then he keeps meaning to ask her about something, and she wears like a thing suit and is suddenly a member of the FF. That's basically what it is. It's a thing suit. Yeah, it's a thing suit. She's not actually the thing. It's a thing suit. Yeah. Where'd she get the thing suit from? Oh, she from the Baxter Building. They gave it to her. The Here, thing, here's a thing suit. Ben Grimm has has worn it before. 
when he was stuck in Ben Grimm form, he wore a suit that looked like made him look like he was the thing and gave him the the, the abilities. I mean, that's established. That's but horrendous. It, I know. And she and she doesn't wear a mask. She just that's, has her face set. That that makes me worse. Like people pick up an issue and look at the cover of this and see this pink haired girly face in a thing body. Garbage. I know. What is that? Now, like, what I will say I about the book. Uh, interesting art. It's by Mark, Mike Alred, uh, who I don't usually like. Um, I like the art on it. It's got a weird indie sensibility. I prefer F- uh, Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four is by Matt Fraction and Mark Bagley. Mm-hmm. I like Mark Bagley. The story isn't killing it for me, but I like the artwork. So I I don't highly recommend it because it's coming off of an amazing run by uh, Jonathan Hickman. This feels much more... like I don't feel like Matt Fraction really gets the Fantastic Four. So it's written... I could really take or leave the art. The They're writing. off in space. They're or off in space, but they, space? just space and space. other dimensions and stuff. Okay. Just exploring, but basically, it's because Reed Richards is dying because he the uh, exposure to the cosmic rays is breaking him down. Only he's, him. For now, it's him, and he's afraid it'll affect the rest. So he, but he doesn't tell any of them that this is happening, and he just take, says, "Let's go for a year, and we're going to show things to our children, etc." But really, he wants to explore other dimensions to see if he can fi- figure and out a way to save Franklin and Valeria. Yes, and they'll leave the Future Foundation behind. Okay. Because it's a family field trip. It's not a bad concept, but it's also pretty stupid. Because Reed, like, he wouldn't, he shouldn't, especially after the last six years, a lot of the stories have been about him keeping things from his family. Like, uh, everything throughout the Civil War was about Reed keeping things from Sue, not being honest with his family. Mm -hmm. So we've come to a character arc where he's not, not a dick anymore, yet they're writing him as a bit of a dick. And then she finds out in like issue four, so of course it couldn't go on long. And she has to he has to tell her, and they have an interesting conversation about it. But this just isn't the Fantastic Four I want to read. It's not. I don't feel like he really gets the characters, where Jonathan Hickman did, and he was telling a larger, grander story about family and fathers and sons. And like basically, if you actually looked at Jonathan Hickman's run, all of it was about the fact that uh, Reed Richards didn't have a father like his father was an absentee father and that he wants to be better for his son that's the entire story like he does huge mega things with Celestials and Galactus and other dimensions but it's really about father and son this is a, a, a guy not understanding that the FF is about family and that's I mean so what are they dealing with while they're out in space just it's all kind of done in one kind of ideas they're just in different weird dimensions getting themselves in weird situations it's a trouble and get out. Okay. it's kind of like Hawkeye but it is good because it's in <laughs> space and, and no one's saying bro like it's, it doesn't work the same mm-hmm. um, and then there's Indestructible Hulk you haven't had a chance to read this either this is a great book I want to read Aaron's run first before I do it oh don't bother well that bad just a waste <laughs> okay, no okay it's not that it's a waste it's just that I feel like there's just a lot of weird stuff happening that didn't have a reason for happening. And then there was an arc I loved, followed by a conclusion I didn't understand. Uh, the yeah. arc I loved was, was called Stay Angry, and it was the idea that Banner was crazy, and Hulk had, tried to, had nuked him, and he was dead, but he was really still in his mind. So uh, Hulk had reverse, to, right? Yeah, so Hulk, whenever he, he wasn't angry, he turned back into Banner, and then... Banner would doing weird shit, and when Banner would then activate him in the Hulk, and Hulk would end up in weird spaces. Like he'd wake up and he'd be in, in in Atlantis, and then he'd wake up and he'd be on like the moon. It's like what's happening? Like and so there was a, a great one issue team up with the Punisher. The Punisher he was like he looked at the Punisher and said, like, "Shoot me in the face," and he's like, "Cause like, he needs to stay angry." So the Punisher just punt, like just keeps shooting him in the face. Say, "Okay, you can stop now. Like I'm good." But like, he needed to keep his rage up. So they, it, was, it felt like a video game in some ways. Like. Gotta keep him angry, or else he'll turn back to normal. Wow, that was the only good part about that run. 
Okay. Um, this book, he's a shield agent or something, right? Basically, yeah. He comes up, basically he comes to Shield and says, you know, Tony. St- when when they have a problem, when AVX happen, they went to Tony Stark. No one comes to me. No one goes to Bruce Banner. I'm just as smart as Tony Stark. Why don't I have the money and the power? And why don't people come to me? I want to have a legacy on the world. I'll give you Hulk. I'll let you, you know, use him as an agent. Let him, you point a direction and you can use him. smash. And, and we'll, we'll do this for you. But I want you to give me a lab and limited resources and I want to fix things. Huh. Which is fascinating. Like, why not? Why, why haven't they, and it kind of feels like the, the way they've kind of uh, written um, Wait, okay. uh, Bruce Banner, it kind of feels like it's coming out of the, the Avengers movie. Where you have that these two guys are in very different paths, but they're both brilliant minds. And him kind of looking at Tony Stark and be like, well, why does he get everything? I, why have I been trying to just cure myself? Why am I dealing with the military all the time? Why don't I turn myself in, basically, come up with a deal, and be able to do what I do best, which is science? So it's a, And Mark Wade, I mean, obviously he made Daredevil work again, and he's doing the same with the Hulk. It tells a different type of story, but it doesn't, it doesn't negate everything that happened before. In fact, it does build upon it in a nice way. That's good, because Hulk's always wandering the world and trying to keep himself calm. Oh, yeah. And... Or he's on the crossroads and just weird places. Yeah. And he, because he works best sometimes, uh, unless you're Peter David, he works more as an engine of destruction and someone fights him. Whereas as a protagonist, he can be very tricky because he's this weird monster. Here we have him, we get to see Bruce Banner actually develop as a character. He now has a staff and we're going to get to see more of that. But also he's, he's Hulk and he's, and he's just tearing shit up. So now my next question is, when he is Hulk, Mm -hmm. is he under control? Like what's, what's, what's the, can he trigger the transformation on his own is it still based it's on anger? still more or less or anger but uh he the the hulk he turns into has more control over himself so he's not a mindless monster okay like and this is coming coming out of jason aaron's run too that uh, and over the last few years he has more intelligence hulk isn't okay. he's not really smart but he's not a child and not he, a mindless monster he's not mindless and he's not a child okay. he can be used effectively and he's done smashing, he can just turn off and go back to Banner. And for the happy. most part, they kind of they don't really show exactly how he turns back after, but like the mission's over, and then okay. we see Banner later. Okay. Um, my this is the problem with the book, though, is what might happen next. We've had Lionel Francis Yu on the first four or five issues. It's been great. Not always the most clear as what's happening, but he does dark and gritty and big action. Great. Now we're going to have Walter Simonson. Oh, you tell about this. Yeah, brutal. My God. Now, That's hold on, hold on. a flip of what you have now. It it's is. Brutal. Now, I, Walt Simonson is a legend in the field. And well-deserved. He made Thor work in a period when no one thought Thor could work anymore. He is... Juan, a, do you have that smiling uh, Thor flying in in that last issue of Vendis' Avengers there? Yeah, I know. Come on. Okay, but the thing is, he is a legend in the field. He has some amazing artwork. He's a huge legacy he's been a great writer and artist throughout the years at Marvel I don't think his current style works as well some of the line work is a little heavy it doesn't quite fit anymore it doesn't feel as modern and I'm worried that this book will suffer I've I've loved it up until now I'm worried about what Simonson and how long he'll be on the book will do for it because I love Lana Francis Yu, so I'm really sad to see him go. Hopefully, I mean, the writing will still be top-notch because it's Mark Wade, And I've really been enjoying where they're going. I'm just wondering how much how much Mark Wade will change the way he's writing for his artist. But you see some of the 
artist shifts in some of these books right now, they're trying, and the tone has remained somewhat the same. This is a night and day difference. I know, like Old Waxman is one of those examples. Like yeah. you have an artist who's not too far different. The colorist is the same. It feels the same. Exactly. Like and, and there's some points where I have to look at Marquez's artwork and be like, "Is that imminent? Is he back? Did he come in in the middle, middle of the issue?" You're right. I will never mistake Lionel Francis you and Walter Simonson's <laughs> artwork. They are night and day. Wow. But, I, you know, who knows? Well, I, let's give it an issue and see if Miracle Worker's happening. Well, I mean, Simonson did the amazing issue with Red Hulk. I mean, he made that issue work with um, during AVX. Yeah. I mean, part of it was the amazing script by Bendis, but, I mean, he also did a good job on the, on the art. So, you know, like, some of his work hasn't worked, but some of it will. So maybe this will... I, I will wait, wait to see, see what happens, happens, but I'm worried. Okay. Uh, next up is Iron Man. Have you read this? By uh, Kieran Gillen. I gotta and... finish Factions from first. Oh, you haven't done you have done factions, right? I'm terrible, I know. Okay, well, that's okay. Last handful of issues, it's brutal. Gotcha. Um, and so Greg Land is the art artist. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Greg Land and the art here. You and I both hate Greg Land with a passion. I, you know, I don't hate him. I, I, it some come, it comes off that way. I went through a period of Greg Land love. I mean, I first came across Greg Land before anyone else really did because I was reading Crossgen books, which is another publisher in the early 2000s, and that's where I, I really came to adore him. And then I haven't been a huge fan of some of his more modern work, and I've found it to be more derivative and less interesting. And pretty ladies, yeah, a lot of pretty ladies making the exact same faces yes. over and over and over again. <laughs> so actually, there, it's, I one of my favorite lines, and I don't know if this was intentional or not. And it must have been uh, in Iron Man. There's a shot where a Pepper is talking to Tony, and she's like, "What do we all look the same to you?" And, it's about, and there's a bunch of women, and, and, and I'm just like, "Yes, you all look the same." And I was like, "Is Gillen doing this on purpose?" Because he knows that Greg Land makes all of his women come look similar. That's funny. And I'm like, I don't know if this is on purpose or not, but that's hilarious. Um, the first arc was really, I liked it. I didn't really love the art, obviously, but the story was cool. It felt like a, a new version of Armor Wars. It was basically Tony hunting down people who were using extremist tech, which was kind of nice. Like, I loved the extremist idea, so it's kind of revisiting it and saying there are people who are kind of using the black market. This the extremist tech is out there. I have to kind of stop it. Hold on. People got extremist tech on the black market now? Yes. How? I don't know how. Come on. It's always about people taking his tech the, and wrecking shit. Yes, but this isn't his. This is extremist, not like the original extremist enhanced style was developed by Maya Hansen, a colleague of Tony's. So he's basically trying to protect her legacy so that her All legacy right. isn't just death. The story was Same interesting. Okay. The story was interesting because he did, it was, it was a series of one offs. But him going to different places to trying to hunt down these enhanced isles. No, we don't know where the black suit came from. It's just a color he choice. He just decided, yeah. Okay. But um, now he's going to space to he's got a space armor now. stuff, right? Yes. I'm not liking the current arc because it feels like a waste of time. Like, it's... Maybe there's some cool ideas of him going into space and kind of being confronted as being this Phoenix killer. It's taking too long to get to the point, so I'm not really caring. Okay. The, and then soon they're going to be doing like a secret origin of Tony Stark kind of story, which I don't care about either. But the first right. arc was, was cool. I don't know. The cover has like a baby in Iron Man armor. I don't really get oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, and the next up was Thor, God of Thunder, also debuting in uh, November 2012. Have you read this? I'm not oh. sure JMS right in Thor. I don't care. Okay. Uh, it's by Jason Aaron. Which I, I do like Jason Aaron, yes. Uh, Asad Rubik uh, doing their artwork. I, you know what? I found I liked it, but I found it not memorable at all. So take from that what you will. Like When I read the issues, I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. But it didn't stick in my mind. I don't even remember the last issue. In fact, well, the last issue I didn't even bother reading it. I hated it. The well, he, he's going into our Asgardian stuff right out in his realm. He's not, there's no Midgard. There's right? no, well, no, there's no Midgard. It's three different versions of Thor 
kind of it, it's 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 old. It's a Thor from like the eleventh century. You're telling a story there and a story in the present and a story in the far future, all involving the same villain. And I believe now again, I don't even remember issue five, but I believe it got to the point where the the old the versions of Thor are going to meet and fight. I, I think now, if I'm wrong, please let me know because I honestly don't remember. Does that interest you at all? I found it. It was okay, but it not memorable. So is it at the, at the time displaced Thor's or I guess reality? Displaced I guess Thor's? two of them will end up. Is one six one six Thor? Yeah, the current the current timeline. Like, it was three different parallel stories. Is what the first five issues were. I believe the next storyline is them all coming together. So I guess one of them will be time. Two of them will be time displaced to okay. meet with the other one. Okay, so the two are not from six one six. Yes. Okay. Plain no. No, no. Six one six is there. Sorry. The current six one six is a the other two oh, yes. are not six one six. Well, technically, past version of six one six, like it's in the six one six universe. Okay, so all of them are related six one six, but just different time. Yeah, exactly. That's right, it. No, right. di- no different dimensions. No dimensions. Okay. Um, next, next, also debuting that month uh, was X Men Legacy. Did you read this? With Legion, the only X book I have avoided like a plague. Here's what I'll say about it: the first few issues did not like Simon Spurrier writing it with uh, Tan Ang Huat on the artwork. Who? Did, yeah. That's his name. Um, um, I didn't like the first few issues. I found they were kind of a chaotic mess. I have loved the last two or three issues because he's got him and Blindfold are nemesis. They, 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 they are like that. She sees that they are fated to be enemies, but they also like each other and they're flirting with each other on the psychic plane. Where does Blindfold get? Is she at... Blindfold's at the school. The school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he like he kind of like likes her but like he knows that like she knows that they're supposed to kind of be arch, arch nemesis arch nemesis so what 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 is the the point of this book? what is the point is well he 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 was okay he basically trained him he had learned how to harness the the weird things in his head it manifests in his head as a prison there's a prison that he's like the super strong uh, guardian of the prison, and all the inmates are the different personalities and and, and mutants that he can okay. he can basically become. Okay. And then after the first issue, I believe that's when Charles Xavier dies, and it kind of cracks everything. So everyone's running loose. Just after they walk on the beach, when yes. suddenly they realize, yes. okay. No, again, they kind of act like that never happened because he was with a sensei somewhere else. Anyway, so now he he wants to kind of reclaim Xavier's legacy, and doesn't want to just be reactive; wants to be proactive and trying to. Um, bring Charles Xavier's um, uh, his dream kind of come true and he doesn't think that being reactive like the X-Men is helpful so that's kind of neat but so isn't he aware that Red Skull now has his dad's brain and no, he, he is not go mess with that no he is not yeah. however the first few issues is a lot of him kind of struggling with you know the fact that there's basically a, men- a breakout of the prison in his mind and him having to try and confront and grab different guys and try to reclaim there's a breakout in the prison in his mind that's kind of neat it's kind of neat yeah but the artwork doesn't always work for that and then there's a weird um, I don't know if you know the character Ogun who's the Ogun. original sensei Wolverine's, Wolverine. uh, yeah. his two children uh, like are in the story as well and they're creepy mutants one of them is like a pair of eyeballs who can like grow a body I don't know it's a weird book um <laughs> The first arc isn't that great, but again, these, the current stuff with him and Blindfold is fascinating. They're, they have a weird flirtatious relationship, and they like each other, and it's... How are they communicating if she's at the school? On the second plane. Okay. On the astral plane. Where is he based out of? Right now, he's kind of on the move. Like, he, he came to the mansion. He actually was able to use his abilities to create, uh, like, an extraterrestrial threat on the grounds of the mansion that all the X-Men would go outside to fight against so that he could slip in and talk to Blindfold. Wow. Who knew he was coming? 
Okay. Because she's blindfolded. It, yeah, yeah. Again, it, you know what? It's, the first arc isn't the greatest, but I think once you get through it, it's more enjoyable than I ever gave it, thought it would be. Yeah, okay. But again, it's because I like blindfold, and I like that they're kind of want to date each other, but they're also nemesis. Like, it's kind of creepy and weird and fun, and Very it, it's different. Should it be called X-Men Legacy? No. No. Maybe X-Men Legion. But I, I get I get what they're going for. He is the legacy of Xavier, but and like basically it's just a it's just a restart of a book and just it's an odd choice. Uh, then December 2012, we saw the two Avengers books start by Hickman, Avengers and New Avengers. I think you can talk now. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. I have read. Avengers. I was so excited that you'd be able to you know talk more on this episode. No, as no, opposed no, to the it's last getting one. there. It's getting there. Well, we're getting some more books to read, so we're good. Good. Um. All right. So Hickman. Yep. He's doing this whole Avengers... He is the Avengers man. Right. The map of the Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. So... <sighs> so the first arc on Avengers is by Jerome Pena. Yes. You're not a huge fan of his art? Not... Okay, I, I don't mind the pencils. I just don't like how they it's color kind of, him. It's kind of muddied and muted. Yeah, exactly. I think if you... <sighs> and maybe it's a bad example, but if you gave it some real life like they have in on the X-Men for example um, maybe I, I like okay. to see it right? I don't know if it would work as well for his style probably not I think the, I, I, I get what you're saying because you, you're right it does it feels a little drab yeah. at times but I think I think it's just his style and his Uncanny X-Men look the same it did yeah it was like, very reminiscent of Uncanny X-Men although I guess to be fair it felt probably felt more at home on Uncanny X-Men because that's the kind of book it is yes whereas this is Big, bold, and beautiful. Avengers. Like, this is yeah. the new Avengers world. Yeah. These are the covers, right? They're, they're bold. Is this, oh. a, is this, did he do the cover art on that? Uh, no, he did not. Okay. I believe that's by Dustin Weaver. Okay. So. so it's very different. But you see the covers and nice, big, and vibrant. If that falls suit inside the book. No, it's true. Right? So you're a fan? Um, I'm iffy, right? Because, again, see. On the book? I'm just talking about the book. Like, Avengers as, as a whole, like this book. Yeah, I'm iffy on it. Wow. Because you have. On you, X Men, right? Yes. Which uh, here's the high concept we're going to build you mm-hmm. towards, right? Hickman kind of shoves this in my face right off the bat with this creepy looking X- yellow X Nilo or right, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, all kinds of pronounceable names with the Loki horns. Yeah, the weird half Loki horns and, and the Omega symbol. Or... You know, and uh, suddenly these guys are going to Mars, and it, it you're just... flipping through the panels of the first issue, and I'm like, my God, this was gorgeous. Yeah. It's almost like I forgot how much how gorgeous I love this. Like, like the first few pages aren't aren't drab coloring at all. It's great. Oh, it's nice. Okay, I don't mind how they draw it. It's just okay how it's yeah. And that's just me, right? Like again, it's not bad. No, it's just not my cup of tea. I like the idea. This is it's Avengers World. They have to get bigger. Man, I forgot about some of the stuff. I'm looking at the first issue and I forgot about some of the panels. Like remembering the Illuminati being together. Like ah. I forgot some of the stuff. I should really pick this up in hardcover. I was resisting it, and now I'm like, I can't. I need to own this again. So, I just had a hard time with these this Mars concept. These new villains just kind of thrown at me, and with very little. But I kind of like that. It's just kind of like this is do shit. Let's just get stuff done. Like that's what this book feels like. It's not about preamble. It's just here. Here. Here's a here's a threat. The Avengers have to fight it. Right. But my problem is, I had a hard time understanding the threat. And what it's trying to do, like I'm spitting these little gems at Earth. They're gonna change and, yeah. and make these little new worlds down there. And the easy answer is that the story's not over. Like 
even I don't know what issue just came out, like eight or nine, but like he's just starting. Like this is only the tip of the iceberg. I feel like you're right. At this point, it's not really that clear. But I think after issue thirty-five, I think you're gonna be like, oh my god, issue one was amazing. <laughs> you know, yeah, because he, he, he does world builder. He does. He, he is a world builder. It all makes sense in the end. Like, even his illustration at the beginning of the issue with the circle and having, like, the Avengers, and then with each issue having different icons showing up as you see the different kind of types yeah, of Avengers. And, and these characters will be in the book that issue. It's, like oh, I said, we're it's looking very at high a, stuff. We're looking at a page of the Avengers on the, uh, is, is he piloting? Like, what is what is Hawkeye doing here? He's got view screen up in his face. Like, I think, I think Cap's piloting. I think Cap's piloting. Maybe he's got the weapons ready to go. Inside the... Okay. Yeah, he's weapon systems, right? Okay, he's so weapon he, systems? He's, okay. He's ready to blast anything that's in his way or whatever. So okay. I, I like how they sent the movie team in. Yeah, right? I like that too. And, and they failed. Immediately. Um, yeah. Like, it wasn't even like... Like, they got chance. That I really like because it makes you think, like, what are they going to do now? Man, she, the Black Widow really looks like uh, Scarlett Johansson in one particular shot. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I, I thought that was a smart plan because his whole idea is evolving the Avengers concept, making it bigger... And having it make sense for the characters. It makes sense why Tony and Steve want to make the Avengers bigger so they can combat anything more so than they may have yeah. been able to do. So the first thing we do is we, we send up a team of Avengers and they lose. What happens now? And they say, it is kind of weird though. They're like, we're going to let Cap to go back to Earth. But seriously, he survives our rocket blazing reaction <laughs> into Earth, falls down, smacks into a wall. Yeah. You know, What's interesting is he didn't become the Phoenix when this happened. Isn't that usually what happens when you're hurtling down and there's no shielding on your plane? Doesn't the Phoenix arrive and say, I can help you? So again, just suspending disbelief. Like, But no, at they least, already killed least, the Phoenix. At least he's okay here. Take that, Steve. But like, why do they even get to Mars? How do they know about this threat on Mars in the first place? What spawned uh, to go up there? Didn't like, something happen in the beginning of the issue? Uh, like, Did it? I don't know. It was just hard to follow. Okay. Right? That was my biggest... Like, the first issue? Yeah, it was just hard to kind of wrap my head around what was actually happening. Okay. No, right? once you got into the book proper, obviously, so the first issue is a little jarring. Yeah. Where did you feel it was easy to get into from there? It has gotten better, right? But now you're introducing me to a whole lack of... I love it. Somebody's and nobody's, this, right? The new Smasher? I, was, I really like that story. The story of... No, of... but I like that you've now... Thank you. To continue my point, like here is like who's this guy? Who's that guy? Who's oh, this? Right? Yeah, you're I'm looking right. at this, going, who the bleep? Are I these yeah, people? I get that. I and like that he just kind of throws we, the team we, in, and we, now he's taking the yeah, time. But we've just gone through uh, civil war, secret invasion, all mm-hmm. these big events. I've never seen any of these people before. You never seen Smasher before? Well, you, When's you, the last time you would have seen Smasher in a, in a comic book? Um, well, a few for me about three years ago. Okay. During Reign of Reign of King, all the all the cosmic stuff because, okay. but it wasn't her; it was a guy. Okay. Yes. Hyperion. Uh, it's, been a, it's, it's been a little while. And even that, right? This, this version of Captain Universe. That version right? of Captain Universe, never seen it before. But Captain Universe, I saw three years ago in Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. The Gateway wannabe. Oh, that's well, Secret Warriors. That's Eden. Okay. You've read Secret Warriors, have you not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, okay. the, 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 he is the Gateway's like like protege or like grandson or something. Okay. And you got Cannonball, and you got Sunspot, and who's this dude supposed to be? Yeah, there's there's a bunch of people. I can't tell who that. I think that's Shang Chi. Okay, that could be Shang Chi. Okay, so you are right though. That, and that, sorry, this is the last panel of issue one where we're going through just the the heroes. Now, thankfully, they've taken the time to now establish where the, some of these characters have come yeah, from. Yeah, I you're right. right. He could have, um, but this is very Hickman in general. He jumps yeah. in. And then he draws back, which is good though. I'm glad he did that. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased. Because would him you now have, afterwards? It wouldn't make yeah. It wouldn't make sense 
the way that he was able to do it was that you wouldn't want to like we've had like what three issues where it's been like single issue spotlights on each of these characters yes. so you wouldn't want them to sack because those are some really strong stories so you wouldn't want them to throw that into like one issue yeah. but there's no way to, there's no way to make that into an issue one and so yeah and plus it kind of made it more exciting because you're like I don't know who these people are right. next issue are we going to find out like yeah. who this new Avengers squad and the is and is because after Bendis going for so long you know your core Avengers right yes. you know plus your... if you've watched the movie you'll see your team yeah your team which is what, ma- what makes this such a great gateway book more than what Uncanny Avengers should have been yes. Uncanny Avengers basically felt like you need to have read AVX or the, this is or your host like the, the first issue has a funeral like it's basically AVX Consequences is Uncanny Avengers to a certain extent in, yeah. a, in a big way whereas if you want a good solid new Avengers book and you like the Avengers movie this will be confusing Oh yeah, <laughs> but eventually it'll get there, and and you start with a team that you recognize. A threat doesn't make sense to you. No, you don't know why they're there, but you get the team. Yes. So, but you you've gotten your fill of your classic adventure characters. Mm-hmm. Some new fresh blood comes in. Yeah. So that really works, and the the fact that you took the time to explain, like Captain Universe, still don't quite get it, but it, it's so creepy but cool. Yeah. Right. Like, so. You could at least go there. Uh, Smash her, find Shi'ar. I really like that right? story. Almost Green Lantern-ish, right? Like oh, she very. Gets t- goggles and flies off yeah, to the Shi'ar homeworld. So. Like, Could I, not wrap my head around Hyperion. One thing I liked about that is that it, uh, it's one of those things where people mind something of Morrison's. Because I know you don't like Grant Morrison's new X-Men run. But once again, someone taking a little piece out of that, Mor- that Morrison run and making gold out of it. Yeah. Just like Whedon did with a lot of... like He took Grant Morrison's concepts and oh, said, I know. I'm going to have some fun with them. Here we have a fragment of goggles left over from a character that Grant Morrison didn't care for, yeah. and who was ended up talking to cows. And instead, you make a really cool character out of it. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, great. And now we have the whole the white event. And again, I don't know a lot about the the new universe, but that's all about the like a white event. Even the the issue number, I guess what seven, the cover. That's from the new universe. Like, if you take out the, the shots of Captain America, all the heroes, and just have that energy, that is the original promo art for the new universe. Oh, wow. Is that, that that energy cascading onto Earth. Yeah. And then the... Oh, I just I, I thought that he had the, the alphabet to translate the lettering. Mm-hmm. Was, uh, was pretty crazy, And too. he said some great artists. I mean, we've had, what, uh, Kubert... Um, was it Adam Kubert illustrated this book? Yeah. We've had uh, Opeña. There's been, I think, one other artist. Dustin Weaver... Um, who's yeah. gorgeous artwork. So this is the guy who did the cover. And again, if you go back to uh, two pages, we're just looking at issue number seven. Again, we're getting the shot that in the first issue of uh, Hawkeye and Thor looking oh, into yeah. the sky. So that's one thing that I think that once you've read everything that there is in this volume, you'll go back to that first issue and be like, here it is. Like, there's a plan. That's what I love about Hickman. He Which knows good, where he's but... going. It's hard to digest in single issues. I think you're right. more of a, of a trader where you can read the the full scope of the work and kind that of go, I would right? admit. Here. This is also Superior Spider-Man. Outside the first Superior Spider-Man that we've seen, um, outside of his main book. So this is another writer trying to write this guy. No, the only thing I feel like I feel like this is something where we need to have editors' notes because like I'm going to read this in six years and be like, why is Spider-Man being a dick? Being a dick. And how is nobody picking this up? Yeah, like right? he's, he's being an I know, asshole. I know they're people. starting to now address it in Superior and the current yeah. stuff, but he's him really... spitting in Cannonball's food and him like does he even refer... he calls them children at one point like he's like I'm with children doesn't he call out Stark like say Stark he doesn't call him Tony he calls him Stark right yeah there's a I bunch think? of 
weird stuff here, but like, yeah, he just doesn't feel he's not Spider-Man. He is Doc Ock, which is fine. That's what he is. But yeah, like, but I'm going to read this at some point and be like, I don't, I don't know why Spider-Man is such a dick. Well, as we're talking, the Spider-Man, the Shingo Man, biggest fear was would he translate well outside of his core book? Would he make sense? Right? Would this superior thing make sense outside of mm-hmm. that? I appreciate it from a continuity point of view. Um, because, I mean, this is what Spider-Man is right now, so they should write him that way. But yeah, it feels a little awkward, because you're like, why is this happening? One thing I liked about issue 7 here, too, is that you see these elements, and you think that you know where you're going with it. You're seeing the, all these characters that we're seeing the focus on, and then the character that gets hit is the guy in the background yeah, of everyone. absolutely. Like, that's awesome. Like, yeah. he, he, again, Hickman plays with the expectations. You think you're getting one thing, but he's giving you, you think you're getting a hot dog. You're getting a burger. You have no idea that you're getting that burger, though. Like, yeah, it's just really smart. Um, yeah, just looking at it on your on your uh, tablet, and I just cannot wait to have it on my on my bookshelf and be able to hand it to people, hand it to Nate, and be like, Nate, read this. This is awesome. So this is now. Have you read New Avengers at all? No. Ah, uh, I know. Miss, you're missing out. I know. I How know. can you only read one Hickman book? Where eventually you know they're gonna they're gonna intersect. They're gonna cross swords. Like yeah. they're gonna cross the streams. Like they can't help it. Um, New Avengers um, was with artwork by Steve Epting, also written by Hickman. Um, have you read any of it at all? Like any of the New Avengers? Ah, oh, missing out. It's really fun stuff. You got the Illuminati together. Uh, is what you're focusing in on certain panels in ways you didn't know that you could. Um, so, so, uh, so Steve Epting is doing the artwork on New Avengers. You got Hickman writing it. It's it's gorgeous. You have the Illuminati together. You got Black Panther on the team because he's basically come up against something that he's like, I need, I need to basically make this deal with the devil. I need to bring these people in, and I like that they they didn't shy away from having Black Panther and uh, Namor in the same room. And Black Panther basically tells him like, I, after after I'm done needing you, I'm gonna kill you. And I'm like, sure, Wakanda, yeah, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm glad that they like Hickman wasn't afraid of referencing that. And also, obviously, Xavier's dead, so he can't be on the team. Hickman was really upset because he was the one who originally was kind of brought um, Xavier into ABX because he because he was in his issue that they kind of brought him in. And everyone's like, "Let's kill him!" And he's like, "No, I was going to use him." So they're like, "You can't use Xavier." And he's like, "Well, who am I going to?" Eat? So he ends up using the Beast uh, to kind of fill his space on the Illuminati. Really, it's Beast. Yeah. Eh? So Beast basically gets like a um, he 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 opens like a safe and basically. It can only be read by uh, him, and he basically gets like a telepathic message, basically saying like, "This is what I've done," and he gives him his gem, like his infinity, infinity gem, which is really cool. So again, he's playing within what he has to because he's not allowed to use who he wants, but he still makes such great use of it. And so you have the Illuminati coming together to face this extra-dimensional threat. This, um, this what they call, I guess, the incursion, where uh, two universes end up being in the same space, and one of them gets destroyed. One of them survives, and they're like, "Well, we have to make sure we survive." Um, so they decide they're going to use the Infinity Gauntlet to help them do it, and uh, it blows up the Infinity Gauntlet, just gets straight up destroyed because Captain America isn't, I guess, good enough to use it. Captain America wields the Gauntlet and fails; like he's able to use it to successfully defend their universe, but then it, it's destroyed, and then the Illuminati mind wipes him, and like completely, it makes him forget the entire thing ever happened. Who did the Illuminati mind wiped uh, Captain America? Who? Oh, sorry, Doctor Strange. Okay. He used some mystical mumbo jumbo. Okay. But he's, 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 so he's not on the team anymore. He's not an Illuminati member. Oh, uh, so he knows nothing of it anymore. Right? I don't know how far they went, but he's definitely not on the team anymore. So he, what happened to the gems? The gems are, they're all gone. 
The gems will uh, broke. They'll shattered. Every single one of them. How can you break the Infinity Gauntlet? That's the question in the story. And this is what makes me... We'll get there later, but in Phase 2, one of the miniseries coming up after Age of Ultron is Infinity, which is going to be uh, oh, wow. by Hickman, and it's obviously involving the gems there and, you go, yeah. and Thanos. So uh, I'm really interested to see what Because that's all about Thanos. But yeah, everything. Issue 3 of New Avengers, you read it, and you're like, what the hell? Like, you can't break the Infinity Gauntlet. The gems can't break. Yeah, they just did. So it's an exciting book. It's well worth reading, and... Uh, at some point, it looks like it'll probably intersect with Avengers. I, I, wow. I don't know when it will happen, but at some point, it has to. I mean, oh. anyways, it's it's really good. Uh, also, just going back, as we were saying, like, look how beautiful this, this Weaver stuff is, and look how it brought to life with the brighter colors and more vibrant stuff. You're right. Thing. No, they have, a, they have a colorist on Dustin Weaver has brought his artwork to such lush life, and then yeah. you look at the stuff by Opeña, and it's very muted. Yeah. It is a style of choice. I can see why you prefer the Dustin Weaver stuff. Or even the Kubert stuff. Kubert's yes. artwork is gorgeous. Kubert's always one of my favorites. Um, also in December 2012, we have Avengers Arena by uh, Dennis Hopeless and Kev Walker. Oh, uh, yeah. What did you think of this? Did you read this? Oh, yeah. I have a first uh, two, three issues. Yeah. This yep, is a book I, I'm so pissed at it. For <laughs> no, not for the reason you think. Okay. I want to hate it, but I can't. Because it's good. It. Really? And I hate it because everything about it in premise and principle is just so... I'm like, you take all these young... First of all, they're all young characters. All kids or teenagers. And new characters... For the most part, newer characters and concepts, which Marvel Universe... Well, comic books in general need more of. They, they have the old standby. Spider-Man's, what, 50 years old now? You need younger characters, these new characters. And we never get that. We're always getting... Well... They keep killing off all the new ones. And so now, here's a new book. We're going to take all those young characters, all those new characters, and we're going to kill them off and make them kill each other. And it's just like, that's a recipe for me to hate you. Yet, it's so well-written and interestingly like choreographed in terms of the artwork that I, I find it hard to hate it. And I want to. I really do. <laughs> I, like, and people who've read the Listen to My Reviews podcast have heard me say this before. Like I've read issues and been like, I wanted a dump on this, but it was too damn good to do. Wow. So what do you think? Well, let's be honest, it's a pure Hunger Games ripoff, so we all know oh, that. Right? Yeah, it's a Battle Royale and Hunger Games ripoff. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, so, that's fine. It is so, what it is. Yeah, okay, so Arcade takes these kids. Um, and the most souped-up arcade we've ever seen. Yes, absolutely ridiculous. He has taken his Wheaties. And his <laughs> yeah, his powers and, are ridiculous. And there are some steroids in those Wheaties. Yes. Like, he he should be a baseball player and hit some home runs. Like, so, he is jacked. But the only character of the group I even give a damn about is X-23. That's the only one? She's only the only one. one who you know can't die. <laughs> like, you're not even, like, trying to have a sense of, like, will my no. character make it out? There's no... She's the biggest marquee name in this whole thing. She is, but to, to kill her would be pretty For crazy. fans of Darkhawk, I'm sorry. Yeah, well... <laughs> he wasn't a big enough name. He no. wasn't X-23. But, look, I always go back to Young Avengers, right? And how well that group was put together mm-hmm. and done and... Even I, I, I suffered through a whole era of uh, Young Avengers. Uh, sorry, New X Men Academy. Okay. But when it became New X Men after Decimation, incredible book. Okay. And they got ruined after Messiah Complex. Because um, they went away. Yeah. They became Young X Men. Remember that? Remember that book? No, I didn't read an issue. I heard nothing but I read five issues and I was like, I, I can't. It was the worst thing ever. I can't read this. So. They're able to create these amazing young characters, but then they just have nowhere to put them after a while. They have mm. they have some solid runs and some some flashes, 
but they can't seem to hone these characters and talent and, and make them no. something bigger and keep You're right. Them. We've seen that a lot in recent years because you, you had young, you had uh, Avengers Initiative, some brilliant characters. Yeah, where they go. Exactly. Then you had no. I know you don't, didn't care, but Avengers Academy, I liked oh, it a lot. Oh no, Charlie's Navy X Times were garbage. Okay, on that. The, the tie-ins bad. were garbage, but the book itself was started off quite strong. It was good, but those are good but, characters. But I look, no, I look. I they and guest starred. They guest starred in Amazing Spider-Man even, and I read those. And none of those characters. I looked at them. I looked at their powers and yeah. what they do. None of them drew me to them. Not even metal because he's dead now. I know it's the first to die in it. First to arena. die. First to die. Boom! I put my finger at you and you die. It is a very emotionally manipulative book because they do. They get, it's very Losty in a way because Lost you'd have these great characters and and you'd have characters that weren't always around and they were kind of in the background and then they get a great focus episode and that's how you know they're about to die and that's what this book feels like sometimes. It is very emotionally manipulative because they make you care. They're dead. Exactly. But another thing is, you have a lot of like these these kids from the Captain Britain Corps school, whatever the hell it is. One of them got just got decapitated. Uh, good, but I don't know who you were. I don't care. I don't. They're no attachment one. to you, right? So there's a lot if of you new gave me, if too. you gave me some of the new X Men characters, some of those young Avengers, yeah. some characters I've known and you built, and you mm. put them in this world. Well, the Runaways are here. Some Runaways. Sure. Who? Uh, what do you mean who? Oh, Runaway. Um, Chase is here. Yes. Nico. Yes. They're there. They're there. Fine. Cammy from Annihilation's here. Which is just weird. Jack should come and see your ass. Yeah. Well, he's too busy being... He's being a movie star. He's like, I got a movie coming out. I don't know who you are anymore. Yeah, Forget this noise. Stop getting drunk in a bar. I've read the infinite comic. So, <sighs> when you took characters that you already established mm-hmm. right, and put them into it... Um, then I'd be more into it. You gave me a whole bunch of people I don't care about besides X-23. There, there are a lot of pre-existing characters in here, and there's a few made-up ones who are... Yeah, that weird half-cyborg girl with the, the teddy bear. The, what, they call her something. Deathlock? No, she's, she's some a, kind of lock. She's something lock. I don't care. I know. Right? So, that's my problem. I, I, I read the first book. I will, will read more. Um, my but... problem is, I don't know how this is an ongoing... Like, it's supposed to be it's 30 days. And at some point. Yeah. And I know, but it's like it's supposed to be 30 days, right? Like, okay. I think issue one showed us at the end, and it had been like day I, 30. I think my... should have been a limited series, and it just I don't want this going on for three more years. I want it to be over in like okay. a year. Okay, but my, my idea to the twist will be one of two things. It's Arcade. Oh, I'm pretty sure none of them are dead. They're yes. all in a tank somewhere with... Uh, VR helmets. Exactly. So someone... Which makes me more pissed off. If you're going to do a book like this, just kill them. Like as much as I don't want kids, the kids to die and them to just throw away characters, it's more manipulative to be like, oh, they weren't dying at all. Well, screw you. You didn't have the balls to do it. Like you either shit or get off the pot at this point. Uh, it's being too harsh. I think. I think. I don't think that's too harsh. If, you, if the book's premise is we're gonna put these young characters in there and they're gonna kill each other off, and then at the very end you're like, ho ho, it wasn't true. Okay, but fine. Then y'all kill each other. Then the winner is whoever. Then what? It's X one to three. Let's just. Let's just cut the shit here. I mean, she's going to be the one. She can't die. One way or another. She's too big. One way or another, somebody wins. That's like having Spider-Man against everyone else. (laughs) You know Spider-Man's going to win. She's the one with the the name recognition. I don't disagree with you, but I'm just saying. (laughs) X-23 wins. Doesn't it just kind of ruin it a little bit, though? Okay, but even if she wins and everyone is actually dead, then what? What's the payoff? Then she goes, kills... 
arcade to avenge all their deaths. Yeah. And then walk away in the sunset. These characters like, don't have a reason. You're right. Like, what? What? What are we? Are we gonna have an X twenty three ongoing afterwards, which is also gonna get canceled? Like, her first ongoing got canceled. So well, she should be with the X Men. She should be with X Force. She should be doing that. And stuff. no one's wondering is. where she is because I mean, well, first of all, she's she's X twenty three. She goes off the grid. And it's only been, it's only going to be a maximum of 30 days. Wolverine's probably like, oh, she's like me. She's probably just hanging out with some ninjas or something. <laughs> That's what I would do for 30 days. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I don't know. But I still like it. That's the thing. Like, I want, I hate it in concept and, and principle, but right. I read the issues and I find them enjoyable and I find that they're engaging and I hate myself for it. I, I the twist for me is someone notices someone notices on the outside that they're missing and they come check them to save them or there's got to be something else coming there's got to be a, yeah, a twist right. to this book I'm pretty sure it'll right? be that they're not all dead and it's VR I'd I'd rather that than just having someone come into the game from out from outside like right. that to me is more cheap I'd rather it be something else but I don't know I don't know what would be enjoyable I don't know I, you're right the end game is hard yeah I don't know where they go from there and how does it matter how do they get out of there like okay let's say they, they kill everyone and they wake up and they're like oh guess what you're not like you just think you killed everyone and now everyone knows you're horrible okay well then this book's over most of these characters don't have a home we're never gonna see the pay after that because no one cares right you know what I mean like whereas if it was Wolverine you'd see it somewhere so it is what it is. Um, next up, Cable and X Force also came out in December. What do you think? <sighs> this is also by Dennis Hopeless and uh, artwork by Salvador right. Roca. So, Get Roca better colorist. <laughs> yep, I like Roca's art in this. Really, I do. Yep. I hate it. Yeah, Again, it's the colors though. It's not even his art; it's the colors. Okay, fair enough. Um, I haven't read a whole whack of it. Maybe two, three issues. Um, oh, did you, did you not get to the uh, Colossus Domino sex scene? No, I didn't. Oh not. man, you're in for a treat. <laughs> and Domino's gets the new Marvel whore on the mutant side. She, eh? He's got like this. I, I think it looks like she can. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with his powers. I think it's either his he powers stabilize. Yeah, right? but I think he has like something on his chest that kind of activates it either way. And she's like using it while they're like, I don't know. It's a weird sex scene. It's very inappropriate. <laughs> nice. Like Domino, you have standards, and like Piotr, come on. Anyway, all right. Well, it's a really weird, sexy. Wow. I can't believe I haven't read it yet. No, I've gotten that far. Oh man, um, for my such de- a treat. deepest apologies. So, all right. So here's where they shove hope after AVX, and we all know how you see the, pissed the, I am about yes. the lack of cable in AVX. Have you seen the cover to I think Uncanny X Force number three or four or five, where she's got the gun to Cable's head? On the cover? I mean, Cable and X-Force. Sorry, sorry, Cable and I have seen it quickly in the cover. Gorgeous cover. Doesn't make any sense. Okay. (laughs) Keep going. Um, So, fine. They shove Hope here, and it makes some sense. Again, the problem with Hope as a whole is you go through all the trouble, introducing Hope, Mute Messiah, this, that, the other thing. Yep. She's nothing. And now they shuffle her off into this book, which is kind of meaningless, Shouldn't she I have... compound the fact that the Uncanny Avengers... No, we're not hunting for Cyclops. Nope. We're hunting Cable yeah. and his team. What? Yeah, I know. You know, so you got two two big missteps for me there. Because I love Cable Although the, and the, I love... The Avengers are hunting. X-Force. As you've seen the Uncanny X-Men, the Avengers are hunting them. Okay, there, there has been some crossover, but yes. I know but what you mean. It doesn't feel like it's done In Cable X-Force, it's a 
part of the book. It's a direct part of it, right? Yeah. Like having them being hunted by Havoc going, whoa, st- you know, stepson, what are you doing over here, yeah. right? Um, so a nephew, I guess it would be. I guess this yeah. is a nephew. Nephew, stepson, sorry. Yeah. Nephew. Um, yeah, it's just really weird. And the, the cast is odd, and Nemesis looks cool, but he's a grifter. He doesn't quite feel like Nemesis. Yeah, but... Again, I don't care nemesis? for Nemesis anyways, he, right? You well, could do anything you wanted with him. Yeah, you really could. Uh, Forge is Forge. I missed, I missed Forge before Warren Ellis ruined him. Yeah. And now he now we get this weird version of Forge. Yeah. Like, I I like Forge way back when. Or even even um, his icon books, he was more interesting. That's true. Like, for five minutes. <laughs> like, But like that was, yeah, I don't really care. And the weird look on him now, like, I don't know. And Colossus is just lost in general. I don't know where or what they're doing. With I him. don't mind him because like he turns himself in after his sex with Domino. Okay. Yeah. And I think at one point Kitty comes and visits him, but he is a man who's lost and doesn't and pretty much doesn't want to be alive, which is fine. Like that has actually some of the most the most character development he's had in quite I'll take some time. I'm glad I did something with him, so I'm happy so to he's, hear that. That's the one character I think Dennis Hopeless knows how to write. Okay, that's good. But, you know, Caleb can't catch a break, right? Because right away, you know, you survive all this, and, and you've been healed by hope, but no way you get a brain tumor, maybe. Yeah. You know, like, come oh, yeah, on. yeah, he's got visions and the weird thing on his eye. Yeah, like, come on, just, just cyborg him up, give him big guns and pouches, and let him blow crap up. Like, I miss my soldier kick-ass cable. I miss him having and, cool powers. Yeah. Like, he used to be so awesome. I, I, I became a huge fan of cable when he was wielding the scimitar. Scimitar, absolutely. That was a cool era, and when he wasn't about guns anymore, it was more about the Ascani religion and all his powers, and he had, um, what's his name, Blake Smith there. That was really cool stuff, and I don't know what this is. I don't know. When I first saw the pictures, I go, okay, here he is, Stripe Team, the one weird arm. Even he admitted it looked ridiculous, yeah. so why do it? But whatever. So I like the concept and where it might have gone, and then they just flush it down the toilet, and it's like, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of stop. I might pick it back up and see where it goes, but I'm Well, you're missing out I'm on uh, some hardcore sex scene. <sighs> disappointing. Exciting stuff. Uh, also, in December, we had Thunderbolts. Have you read this? Dylan. Apparently, Daniel Way is leaving and he's done, so that's a good thing. But yeah, Steve Dillon is a major reason not to read the book. It's terrible. The storyline isn't awful, but it's not Way's best. Although, I like how he... Isn't that Code Red wannabe team? That little bit? Basically. But, you know, it's, it's interesting because I like, I like uh, Red Hulk having his own team and having a strike squad that he kind of... And basically, like the first arc is basically rectifying something he was kind of knew about it in the past, and in this weird region in the world, I forget where it was. So that I'm fine with the team. There's some choices he's made that I hate. I hate that Punisher. First of all, this is going to sound weird, but I think of him as a very non-sexual character. Um, I mean, I know that you know, like dreams about Punisher. No, but no. I know Marco Chichito made him look really handsome in the most recent Punisher <laughs> run, and I know that Nate loved it. And he thought he was like he was a sexy Frank. Especially with like you know the beard and the the, the eye patch, but the the version of him here, I mean, he, Punisher is not a character who is going to after doing you know killing some people and and being and getting away from like an ambush or whatever, he's going to start making out with Electra. It's just out of nowhere, and then now they're sleeping together, and that's a thing. He's got needs. I know he's got needs, but no, he doesn't. He he's he's evolved behind it. It's all about the mission. It's all about like that is what Punisher is, and Electra again. She's a sexual character, but she's also dead inside. And I don't want them getting all hot for after killing some people and then making out and having sex with each other. And then they're on a submarine and they're having, you know, they're training and they're having sex with each other. And I'm like, 
Why? I don't want this at all. Like, I want Electra having sex with Matt. But, like, not, like, Murdoch is her man or anyone else with Punisher. It doesn't make any sense to me. And then Deadpool being jealous about it, you know, like, you know, like, I wish, basically wanting Electra for himself. Like, that actually feels appropriate in some ways. Oh, well, yeah. You know, I think any ass you can get. Yeah, this you know, and it's just hot ninja ass. Who wouldn't want it? <laughs> Punisher does apparently, and it's just very awkward. Uh, and Samuel Stearns is in this, the depowered version of the leader, who's now red. Don't really know why. Because they're in that team has to be red. has to be red. Yeah, Venom is actually interesting because he he's a, he's he's a soldier, so he's following a general. That part is interesting. Now, is Flash Thompson assigned this detail? I don't know where Venom is gone. I stopped reading it because I couldn't take him. He's not assigned. I don't even know really how Hulk got him on the team. That I forget how he. he And does he wear like red? He wears a red. (laughs) He's got a red spider symbol. Yeah, white. Okay. Um, the the book Scarlet Venom. Yeah, the book isn't written that well. But Way's leaving. Uh, I think Dylan's leaving soon too. Oh, thank goodness! I can't handle his art at all. The book. I think if uh, if um. I'll take Romita. At his mushiest, grabbiest. Yeah. If Mike Diodato had been the, uh, the illustrator for the first arc, it still wouldn't have read that well, but it would have looked amazing. As it is, thin is that lit- who's coming on, Diodato? No, oh. I'm just saying he's done okay. Thunderbolts before, and yeah, he did yeah. a great job then. All right. That time he had an amazing writer, though. I mean, Diodato can illustrate the phone book and make it look pretty damn good, and and make it look thrilling. Like, hey, B, oh my God, like things are happening. Um, so Thunderbolt Ross is leading the Thunderbolts. Yes, he is. That's awesome. Yeah, that that part. I'm sure that's what the meeting was like. Way is like, okay, okay, get this, get this. It's madness. Hold on. You know, uh, Thunderbolt the Ross. Thunderbolts. You need someone to roll. <laughs> Thunderbolt Ross. Oh my God! Wait for it. Boom. Like that was pretty much the conversation. The team, all red. Yeah, you think Jeff Loeb was in the background? Yeah. Like, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's a good idea. I did that. Uh, January 2013 saw the release of Morbius: Living Vampire. Have you read this? Come on. Has anybody read this? I have. Does anybody care? It's by Joe Keating with artwork by uh, Richard Elson, who I actually don't mind. The story is so stupid. It's basically uh, Morbius getting involved in like local... Local like crime crime fighting in this weird area. Yeah, exactly. Move on. You can make Morbius a miniseries. Well, Six ninety nine point one of Amazing Spider Man made it seem that. like this would be a, an interesting book. We got a sense of who it was. Basically, Morbius Zero, and I thought it was going to be about him wanting a cure, him being like supernatural. Instead, it's him in like jeans and a t shirt fighting like a thug. I don't care. Oh. It's not good. Um, and then we got uh, Savage Wolverine. Savage. Have you read this? Yes, yes, yes. What do you think? Yes. Do you like uh, Frank Cho's art? I do like Frank Cho's art. I do. I think he draws a mean Shauna. Sexy, sexy, sexy ladies. Shana. Oh, I love it. Like, there's so many it. shots where I'm like, wow, yeah. like, this is just fan service. Yeah, it is. Written, you know what? Written and drawn by Frank Cho. Frank Cho. So, look. Savage Wolverine. Whatever. This is going to last so long. I know it's going somewhere else soon, right? There's something else coming yeah, up. Yeah, this is book. one of those books. But we so. kind of knew that because Frank Cho doesn't stay that long in anything. Yeah, and that's fine. And look, you can't keep Wolverine the Savage Land ongoing, right? So, Although he's in it in Wolverine and the X-Men right now. Have you read that? Awful. Uh, it's awful. It's so bad. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's kind of fonts of rails up. Okay. It's, it's with Dog. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Time travel story with yeah. Dog. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, I wish we didn't. <laughs> But uh, look for for the first few issues I've read so far, I I don't take uh, I, I I take it for what it is, right? I don't. I agree. Right? It's not. I'm not expecting a heady story. I'm expecting fun. Exactly. In the Savage Land, Wolverine just Wolverine gets there. Savage Land, exactly. That's it's like Fraction wrote 
Hawkeye. This is what Hawkeye does when he's not an Avenger. Yeah, this, this is, is Wolverine. This is, like a day. this is a day in yeah. Wolverine's life. So nothing's been completely unreasonable. I haven't quite wrapped my head around this random Chinese guy who can float and, and talk into some computer. So you had a pass. This is brand new. I don't recall. Okay. Did you like um, Amadeus Cho? <sighs> I like that he got distracted yeah. by all the scanning clad ladies. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. Frank. That's Amadeus Cho. Yeah. I guess Frank Cho wanted to use him because his last name was Cho. Cho. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it until now, actually. So, it works uh, for what it is, and it looks like it's going to be a quick mini with Cho, and then it'll move on to something and slightly who's different. who's coming on? It's Joe Mad. It's Mad, and uh, I can't is remember. It, who's is that well? Not quite possibly. They work together. And, but it's going to be some kind of weird cross thing with Spidey and something, too, right? Yeah, whatever. So It is what it is. I mean, there's, there's two Wolverine books. Yeah. This is the better one. This seems to be more like a, a Wolverine team-up book. Maybe, kind of. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Right? So... Although it's interesting. Have you read Wol- the Wolverine by Paul Cornell? That, like, the Marvel Now Wolverine? Like, the number one just, just came out? Yeah. No, I'm ready. Because that actually felt more like a savage Wolverine in a lot of ways. No, really? Like, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I get why, obviously, this... That's the thing, too. Are they going to retitle this book? Because he's, if he's not in the Savage Land anymore, is he is it still savage? <sighs> Or is he gonna is he gonna lose his nose? Like is that gonna happen again? Like <laughs> that is savage. Like that is feral Wolverine. Ridiculous bone claws. No, it, it, it's a fun book. I mean, it, again, it's it's not it's not trying to be anything more than fun, which yeah. is why I give it a bit of a pass. Exactly. Because some exactly. books they try too hard. This book's like, I got Frank Cho writing. Let's do things. Let's yeah. let's have scandalous class. Shanna. We we've read plenty. We did a big Wolverine podcast, right? We've read all kinds of Wolverine stuff. Nothing here is. A huge departure from no. some of the we've read before. It won't be the top of the list, but it won't be at the bottom. Exactly. Yeah, it's. I, I'll read this over a lot of the other stuff that we have uh, okay. to go through here. So, I'm I'm accepting of it. And then we got uh, Superior Spider-Man. Superior Spider-Man. What do you think of this? Superior Spider-Man. Have you been enjoying this or not? How many issues have you read? I, I should be caught up. To... The, so you read the one where he talks to the, the Avengers like... Yes, we're going to take you in. And he's like, no... Nah not doing it yeah he has he really acts out yeah. in a big way yeah so i mean going back to where the issue the series started um you had spider-man fighting the sinister six who are getting their own book the superior six the, the superior Something six like yeah. yeah yeah it's superior month coming up soon. yeah there's a lot of talk about what superior spider-man number nine is like a huge shift for the book yeah i'm excited i i mean who knows where it's gonna go i'm I'm t- one thing I am tired of it though, or I don't like, as I don't like the constant Peter Parker being like, "What are you doing, Doc? What are you doing?" And I'm like, I don't, I, I, I can't, I can't read any more issues of him just being a ghost. Basic- yes, in your face. Yeah, like he's, gotcha. yeah. he's like Marty McFly being like, "What up, Doc? Doc, Doc, Doc!" Like, shut up. Um, although the most recent issue where he starts to actually be able to make things happen happen yeah i mean that's kind of like the the money shot we've been getting to for for issues is that finally maybe he can make make the body do things yes. and, and interfere with doc ock that's that part's kind and, of cool. and people are, are more starting to notice the change of behavior where's carly cooper because in issue like three she's like wait a minute wait a minute yeah and then we don't see her for a while like She's got it spelled out for her. Like she's, she does. Like Doc, like Spider-Man she told her. Prove it. I, maybe she's off digging and ways to prove it. That's true. And I like that about. Aha. I do like that about her as a character. That she is the smartest woman in Spider-Man's life yeah. ever, <laughs> even more than Gwen because she's like the scientist and she's very methodical. The way she thinks about things, the way they've written her, and Slot has done a brilliant job in making the character work. Um, I like how Spider-Man has seen that. 
Doc Ock has done some things that he wishes he would have done or would have thought of, uh, which is cool. Like even the, the spider bots. I mean, some it's obviously he's gone too far with it, but I yes. mean, I like the idea that he and like the Spider Man's like, oh, I never thought about calling the police ahead of time. Like, and him kind of working with the city, it's, fat, it's really cool and like. You know, J. Jenner Jameson's accepting of him. Yeah. Because, and especially because he's taking a harder line on things as well. Well, I mean, Killing Massacre was kind of crazy. That was... The thing... My problem with that, though, is... Um, and I guess... And I think they've addressed this uh, in an interview somewhere, is that the reason why they didn't really show what had happened after we shot him was because at the end of the day, this is a PG book. And what are we really going to do? Have a shot with blood dripping down? Like... But it was just kind of weird because it, it left it ambiguous. And then the next issue, they take it all away. They're like, no, he's dead. It just... I, I almost wish I'd known for sure that he was dead at the end of that issue when he killed Massacre. But that was awesome. Like, the way they... Like, you, like is he really going to do it? Is he going to shoot him in the head? Like, is, Yeah, like, they left you wanting. And, and, and I, to be fair, we don't know where he shot him. And did he die on the way? <laughs> like, like you know what I mean? Like, did he... Was it a headshot or... Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, he, he was probably a headshot. Let's likely, be honest. Likely, yes, yes. I mean, he's Doc Ock. He's, he's going to kill him. He's, if he, he knows what to do. But, and, and, but in some ways, it still felt a little out of character for Doc Ock. Because he, I feel like he would have come up with a more inventive way, <laughs> just shooting him in the head. <laughs> like, I'm gonna shoot you in the head, but no, it's been pretty great. Pretty great. Are you, you liking the same? I am. I mean, there's been some really good artwork. Um, again, we've, we've said before off podcast that Stegman's artwork hasn't quite been the same as it was on Scott Spider, no, but it close. was still really good. Um, and I like the changes. That uh, the only thing that hurts me about the book is. Like I, I, I'm scared of how deep they'll put Peter, because and I, I don't know where I've said this before, but I think I might have said it in a, on a review episode. Um, it kind of makes me think of what Smallville did a lot. Smallville did a lot of possession of Clark, or he put on like a red kryptonite ring and he go like darker, and then afterward, and he'd screw something up and things would be great, and then he put on the ring and he'd become like a, kind of a mean guy, and then he'd eventually get the ring taken off and he'd be like, oh man, I just screw things up, and. There's, and everyone would be pissed at him and it'd be like ugh like we finally got to a point where everyone wasn't angry at him and now everyone's angry at him because he was in, not in his right mind and I feel like we're going to get that here is that we've had, finally had Peter Parker get to this great spot now Doc Ock's going to rip it all apart and then we're going to have Peter being at the low end again and I'm like eh we've done that oh that's a good point I like the build and like so like and he's not going to be able to like, oh, I was possessed like he can tell I guess he can tell the Avengers that but like it was Doc Ock the whole time. It was Doc Ock the whole time, but yeah, it just makes me worried. Like, how deep are they going to go with it? Like, he's like Spider Man has killed someone. Okay, he's punched Captain America. Like, he's he's fighting the Avengers. He's, he was Wolverine's ass. He, yeah, exactly. Like, he's he's doing things. Like, what is the point where they can't bring Peter back, or like Peter's going to have too far to go? Like, there's one thing when he does one or two things wrong, or if it's in his personal life. Like, they did this when Mysterio had an arc um, back. I think still during the brand, the Gauntlet era, where uh, he kind of did some things. Like I think he slept with Peter Parker's roommate, and then Peter Parker came back, and we had to kind of deal with that. We've already kind of dealt with that kind of stuff, and you know, someone taking his identity and screwing things up. But I don't know how far I want them to go with the Spider-Man persona because that's harder. It's one thing if Peter Parker's life is a little bit ruined, characters cycle in and out all the time. But Spider-Man's sure. reputation is something else. So I'm a little worried where they're going, going with that. I'm still enjoying every issue, but I'm. That there's a part of me that's that kind of like, oh man, like how when when are they going to go too far that they can't effectively save this? How much I mean, longer? The fist is around, so I mean, whatever. <laughs> how much longer can you accept 
the status quo? Uh, personally, another year until Amazing Spider-Man Two. <laughs> I mean, that to be re- like to be fair. I mean, I don't. But it could be two or three months from now. Like by the way they're talking about the upcoming issues, like I'm wondering what they they've said. Like issue number nine, you're gonna be more angry than you were before. Well, first of all, every time they do that, they're like, you're gonna be so angry at seven hundred. You're gonna be angry at number one. Like, stop asking me if I'm gonna be really angry about this book. I want to love your book. I don't want to be incensed. But I'm wondering what 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 this big surprise is gonna be. Hmm. Like, I, I think we're gonna kill Spidey for real. Like, that could be it. It's really that or Spider-Man's back, and maybe now it's now it's a ghost Doc Ock. Like, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think they're gonna go with that? Have you seen that cool cover though, with uh, Spider-Man's brain? And in one, in you see Spider-Man in like it's like a top-down shot of Spider-Man's like uh, head, but you see like old like his brain is a maze, and you see Spider-Man, and then you see Doc Ock. No, no, in the maze. It's really interesting. No. I think it's Marcus Martin. It seems like it's something. Yeah, unless Doc Ock figures out a way to go to dig back in there and fight Peter off. They have a fight in the brain kind of thing, right? Yeah, we've got to love them brain fights. <laughs> Hulk has done a lot of those. Yeah. Who knows where they're going to go. I, so you're not enjoying it? You're I'm, torn? I'm, 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 I'm probably the same as where you are with Avengers Academy. In the okay. sense that it's you a mean book, Avengers Arena? Or, sorry, Arena. My apologies, yes. Um, I hate it. Yeah, I know you do. That's not like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You mean you hate it then? Uh, yeah, it's Rangers Arena, where it's a book that I keep reading, and it's keeping my interest okay. because it is crazy and different and awesome. But it has an end point where it has to like I, I, I it does I, have to end. You need Peter Parker back as Spider Man at some point. Yeah, and see what they do with that. it in the meantime. Yeah. So this is cool. This is fun. I, I agree with your point. Let's let's not ruin things until like when he gets back. Like is his job at Horizon now gone? Is his members of the Avengers now gone? Uh, his aunt's already kind of been pushing the back burner. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm just worried about the end point. I'm yeah. enjoying the ride though. Yeah. I liked Doc Ock how he viewed a Vulture. That was really cool. Yes. And then end up like beating the crap out of him. Yes. And then again beating the shit out of Jester and uh, Screwball. Which was kind of interesting. Like, really? I, like, he's going but, up against these classic villains, and I like... That's what I like about it. And especially... Uh, I don't know if you've been reading Avengers Spider-Man. I like him taking on his former companions, or people he spent time with or knew of because he was Doc Ock. And that I want to see more of. I want to see more of him confronting people from his past in, in a whole new light. That was a big thing as part of this, too, right? Fighting his... Once allies, mm-hmm. or or in the first issue, fighting a new version of Sinister Six, and being yeah. like, "What are you? You're yeah. not the Sinister Six. Like you're you're ridiculous. You're jokes. How dare you take that name?" But the Jester and Screwball, like the way he was beating them, and you see like the attacks and the, and the blood spatter and stuff. Yeah. Though, like put them in the hospital. Yeah, he did, but it almost like he was, you know, you actually see the shot of them, and they're they're okay, but you almost expect to see like these big. Chunks of right. missing kind of like it almost will look too violent than it needed to be, maybe. Mm. Um, wow, it was an issue after he just shot someone's brains out. This, so this is, is also true. This is not your but, but, just, but then you thought, okay, you killed massacres, you start killing other villains mm. now, right? Is that what makes me worried about it too? Actually, to that point, is that at the end of the day, it's Spider Man, he's a PG character, he's doing very non PG things. Now, I get why, and it makes sense for the story, but like, I would never give Superior Spider Man to a child. 
I would give Spider-Man, like Amazing Spider-Man, I would give most issues. I'd be like, okay, I'd give it to like maybe a six to eight-year-old. Yeah, read this. I don't really want you reading it if it's Superior Spider-Man, though. First few issues, he's having impure thoughts about MJ. Then there's a heavy amount of violence. And it's a character who's not usually that violent. So I don't... I, I, it makes me feel like this is a, a non-kid-friendly era of Spider-Man. It's so, not. So once it's over, I feel like I'll put it in a box. And then once my child's old, I'm like, okay, now you can read this. Well, you read something crazy Doc Ock with Spider-Man yeah, for a while. Like, Here's you what know, he did. I know you've heard of it, but I've kept it in this box. Yeah. Because I didn't want you to see... It's a good point. Because it, it's very mature. And again, nothing wrong with mature comics, but... It's a character who's typically not. It's like if they made Superman this way. Superman's supposed to be something that everyone can read. It's it's everyone's kind of gateway character. Like when you look at Marvel characters, the gateway character is Spider Man. Yes. He's their mascot. Yeah. So and you're having a version of him that's very violent. Like Scarlet Spider is not as violent as Superior Spider Man right now. That's crazy. So you could read uh, Scarlet Spider and he's like killing, he's beating people up. I'm not a hero. Blah blah blah. That's still not as bad as the violence in this book. I understand why. It's just it, it does make me take pause and wonder. Okay, when when is this ride will be over? I'm enjoying the ride, but it can't be that long a ride. You can't not have Peter Parker. No. You, you have no Peter Parker at all. Not no. an Ultimate, not Six One Six right now. No. Right? Fascinating. And it's it's a crazy. Spider-Man so concept doesn't need Peter Parker, but because it could be anybody, right? Uh, Miles Morales proves it. Yeah, but I think, but he's he's well. Okay, not that you can't have Peter Parker, but he could be the... Because like, you wouldn't have Miles Miles as Spider-Man if it wasn't for the inspiration of Peter Parker. Right. Uh, to be Spider-Man. But you still don't... But Miguel O'Hara has been Spider-Man and will be in Superior Spider-Man at some point soon. Excited for that? Or maybe it won't be Miguel. Maybe it'll be the real Doc Ock... The Doc Ock from 2099's brain. It'll be Superior Spider-Man 2099. <laughs> oh, man. Mind madness, blown. Madness. Right there. It's, it's, we can move we on from Superior. We talk all day about Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, Uncanny X-Force by Sam Humphreys and Ron Garney. I've only kind of trenched through the first issue of this. Is it, no, in the first issue, did Wolverine did his nice haircut of Storm? Or was that the second issue? That was in, that was in uh, was Wolverine it and the X-Men. Was it Wolverine and the X-Men? Wolverine and the X-Men. Didn't know where it happened. All yeah. I know is that... Were they in the showers, too? Yeah. And then they make out afterwards? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah. That's yeah. what happens. Everyone's having sex right now. Yeah, like Domino but can, doing like, a steel hard cock. And but his, he... yeah, but <laughs> oh God. But I mean, his um, his blade shouldn't be able to just like swipe your hair and cut it. Like, that's a... How she's, fine she's, are she's, they? She's got the wind going and whatever. <laughs> Apparently, he missed his calling as a barber <laughs> or a hairstylist. Like, Swiss cheese. Like, yeah. There you go. There you go. What good. is happening? It's good. Um, it's a weird book. I'm I'm hoping that they fix Bishop by the end. I like that. Hold on. I like that Puck's in a book. That's awesome. Good for Puck. Yeah. Good for Puck. Good Hanging for Puck. out with the ladies. Good. Good Canadian boy. Um, I'm glad that Bishop's back. Not because I want this version of Bishop. I'm hoping they fix Bishop. Question: Which which Bishop are we getting here? Who? Well, that... so far, right now he's possessed by like an animal of some kind. And that's he's not gra- my question. And he's growling at people. Is this the just finished chasing Cable around yes. the time stream? It is. Bishop. Yes. It, it is. is. Yeah. They brought that Bishop back. Well, yeah, blue because that's technically the current version of Bishop. No, no, no. Robert. You wanted them to bad, just bad, go bad, get bad. a new one. Yes, clean him up. They ruined that Bishop beyond repair. Maybe they will fix him in this. Oh, I doubt it. Bad I wish. doubt that is the plan. Oh, okay. Then what is his reasoning for messing with the sex force? Um, he's not on purpose. He's just he's basically just arrived in our time stream and he's going kind of crazy. And then they confront him. But he's still not obsessed over hope. No, because he's basically an animal. 
He's growling at people. He's possessed by an animal, and he's just acting out. Okay, when he's done being possessed, but not then. Who knows? Oh, well, technically voice. speaking, Hope's already done her business. Maybe, like, who knows? This just goes to the problem that Hope has no reason to exist. Like, she should have died at the end of AVX. That should have been the reason why she was around to then disperse the the Phoenix Force. Yeah, like the character has no purpose, and we were all, and and she was never even given a chance to achieve that purpose. Really, I mean, her whole reason to be was to do something. Like, we don't even know what she was supposed to do, which is part of the problem. But she was the mutant messiah. Cable knew that she needed to live. Uh, Cable Bishop knew she needed to die. We have no idea what she was actually supposed to have done. And now, does she even does she do it or not? Because we don't know what she was supposed to do. Like, you're right. They're, they're just, they, they built up this character to be something, but they didn't actually tell us what she was supposed to do. Like, Bishop, like, Bishop's one of those characters who had a purpose. He came back in time to stop the X-Men from getting assassinated from a traitor. Yes. He did that. Yes. He could have and should have should have died because even Onslaught's like, are you still alive? I've used <laughs> up all my power. I'm Bishop and I'm awesome. I'm staying black. That's a reference that we imagine. Yes, of course. But, like, I, this is what I'm, like, that he should have died. He had no reason to exist past that point. But he achieved his, his whole reason to be. He achieved it. Great. Hope we don't really know what her purpose was. To be the Messiah. What does that mean? Was there something that she was supposed to do? Obviously there was. Because in the future, Bishop knew that the that, that uh, Hope Hope being around, being the mutant Messiah, was a bad thing. Why didn't they ever tell us what she did? They should have kept her in Uncanny X-Force. Uncanny Avengers is where she, they should have put her. Yeah. But but do you not agree that we should have had a reason to understand what Hope was supposed to do at all? Absolutely. Like, yeah. I, it's, it's such good introduction and build up for her, mm-hmm. and then she lost her way. Yeah. For I sure. mean, like, you read uh, Messiah Complex, like, it still holds up. Like, that end is still emotional. Absolutely. Scott giving over the potential hope for mutant kind to his son, just like he once gave his son away to help to, to, rest, to save him. Fantastic. I love that. And then I know you like the cable book and I wasn't a huge fan, but at least there was something going on there. At least she was training, she was becoming a warrior. Oh, I didn't like the like I like the idea. I, I like that it, more than the execution. Yes. <laughs> My god, it was so bad. The last two trades were brutal. Yeah. But, it, but there are... was a purpose for her yes. going through this it, time. She was learning. Because that training. was the only place you would get to know anything about her mm-hmm. between the gap of the two series. Right. Between that and second coming. It was the only place you got. Was I were? Yeah, I know that was garbage too. And there's really no real no purpose to anything that, there at all. I wonder where Strife is right now, because he was there. Who knows? They forgot that even happened. Let's move on I did. from Uncanny X Force because I don't think we have a lot. We can't really say too much because no. I've Puck read the book and I haven't Go. enjoyed it all that much. It's it it doesn't. Garney's artwork's nice. Yeah, actually, it's some of the strongest Garney work I've seen mm. in a long time. It doesn't even look like him. Um, next up is Young Avengers. Also, yeah, came out in January. Have you read this? Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey um, with uh, Mike Norton on art. Any like? Any love? Have you read any of it? Another attempt to uh, do young it's Marvel a, heroes and yeah. fail again. It's a it's an indie book in a big way. It feels like an indie book. It has indie feeling artwork. That's a very nebulous term, but if you read the book, you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, it hasn't done a lot to capture me. It's kind of dumb. Like I, I thought it could be something because Kid Loki's there, and I love Kid Loki. Whenever Kid Loki's in a book, I'm like, that's going to be good. Uh, there is a, one great panel, which again feels very indie, where there's a they're in this basically this nebulous void at one point, and there's um, like a box, and this is where 
the the characters are stuck. Like uh, Hulkling is in his, in like a box in its own white space, and you see Kid Loki kind of walking in, and he takes the lid off the box, and he's like helping him out of the box into the frame. It's it's weird art. It's kind of having fun with it. That's the only part of the book I really enjoyed, though. The rest of it is like Wiccan tried to uh, bring Hulkling's mom back to life. It didn't work. And they said he brought like a weird version of from a different dimension who's like evil and all the adults are, are unable to see it. And yeah, it's, it is what it is. It's not all that great. I enjoyed some parts of it, but yeah. You had a slow amount, you feel? I wasn't trying to sell you on it. If I was trying to sell you on it, I'd be like, it's Young Avengers, it's great. I'd be lying to you. Uh, next up in February, we had Fearless Defenders by Colin Bunn and Will Silney, or Slinny, sorry. I read one issue, didn't want to read anymore. I was done. I don't care. It's bringing together the Defenders and the characters from the Fearless uh, after Fear Itself. I don't care at all uh, about um, Misty Knight, Daniel Moonstar, and Valkyrie. What a cast. Very is that not All-Star right there? That is All-Star. And it's, I mean, I, I don't, and I don't really know Colin Bunn all that well, but I'm not a huge fan of his art, uh, sorry, of his story, so... I basically glossed over it. That's I cool. like the covers, though. We'll be getting that X-Men uh, book with all the chicks, so... Yeah. That'll be your female. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, this is by Bendis and McNiven. Have you read any of it yet? I've read the Infinite Comics. I actually have not read the Infinite Comic. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, so I'm they're behind. Here's a little one-shots on uh, Gamora, uh, Rocket Raccoon, and Drax. What do you think? They're cute little stories. Yeah. Are there's, they written by Bendis? There's, yes. Okay. Uh, there's actually very, very, very little dialogue in the Gamora one. It's basically her kicking ass. Is she wearing her traditional costume or her new costume? She's wearing her new costume. That's, that's unfortunate. I understand. Yes, I agree. Not just because of like, scanty or thousand <laughs> women, but, but is there a reason given for her costume? This is always my question with new costumes. If they explain why she's wearing something, then fine. But if she's just randomly wearing something new and they're like... Like, she used to be wearing very little clothes and she's still the deadliest woman in the galaxy. Why does she need armor for her? She's so good, she can be scantily clad. Maybe that's part of her plan. There's no... Look at this. I did a shimmy. I did a brush shimmy oh, look there. at this. Look at this. You, know, you can check them out. I have them on tablet here if you want to read them. Okay. But, uh, no, they were very good, simple little issues. Just kind of give a quick uh, intro to the the characters. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Quill is recruiting them as they do their little adventures. Okay. okay. Um, the point one issue, you haven't read that? It's like yeah. a... My problem... Oh, okay, the first issue of this book is a lot of what my problems is is that Bendis is like, man, I really like the Guardians of the Galaxy and they're written by Dan Abner and Andy Lanning. I'm going to write this book, but I'm not really going to make it anything like that. So why bother? Like, Peter Quill doesn't feel like the Star-Lord I've been reading for the last... Well, I don't know when the last issue was of Thanos Imperative, but that was like two years ago. But there was a good five or six years of great Peter Quill stories. Annihilation, he was really interesting because he wasn't even... He was like a bystander almost. That's like, true, yeah. Like, he was just giving advice to Richard Ryder, who was really yeah. leading the um, the forces against Annihilus. And he was really interesting because he wasn't like, I'm not Star-Lord, I'm Peter Quill. And now he's kind of embraced Star-Lord now, but they're not really explaining why. Um, and then he was really cool when he had the ar- the cool armor and he was leading the Guardians of the Galaxy. That was really cool stuff. And now he's wearing a different armor and he's suddenly not dead and suddenly they're more, his dad's the king of the universe. I'm not even kidding. Like That's actually like what he says his title is. And then, and this is what makes me feel like this is what Bendis is, does a lot. He doesn't. He kind of knows about continuity, but doesn't really care. So they have a part where his dad is like, I know you were off in the Cantiverse or something. And I'm like, or something? He held off Thanos. He was like the guardian of the galaxy, and then he died. And then his dad is like, yeah, I heard something happened. 
That's basically Ben just saying, I know something happened with... with I'm not really going to worry about it, though. And I know this is me being a classic Marvel continuity junkie and just being a, foaming at the mouth because he's not, re, you know, referencing continuity. Right. But the guy died. Like, or he was at least... He was fighting a losing fight with Richard Ryder against uh, Thanos. There's no coming back from that. Stuck in an alternate dimension or reality. There's no way back. Uh, the door is shut. Now he's back. There's no reference to it. Thanos isn't anywhere. Um, and Richard Ryder, we haven't seen him. And the world mind... Well, Thanos came back and eventually assembled, didn't he? Yeah, okay, yes, he's back there. There's yeah. no real reason given there. And yet Thanos back. rising now. Yeah, which I haven't read the first issue, but I've heard it's terrible. Because it's his origin. And it's basically him as like a punk. Punk kid. A, a dweeby punk kid. Did you? Can you ever imagine Thanos that way? But apparently that's what it is. Interesting. By Simon Bianchi. Well, your favorite. Yeah, I don't like him either. It's just... Just ruin the cosmic universe for me. That's well. I think the yeah. artwork in this book is gorgeous. It's Stephen Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. So and I mean that's great. And it's it's kind of interesting. I just don't like how it feels like they're changing the star of a character in a huge way. Suddenly his dad is a huge part of the story. And like and they're not on nowhere anymore. And the team doesn't feel the same. Like I don't know. And plus again the and uh, oh, sorry Thanos and Bird have happened. And then you had the Annihilators get together. And that was a cool gathering, because it was basically the follow-up to Guardians of the Galaxy, now you had the Annihilators. And they had, like, two series. That's cool. Why can't we have more of them? Like, why why are these Guardians still around? Why is Peter Quill still around? I, I don't know. I can't answer any of those they questions. They gotta establish it for the new movie. I know. Yes, I it's just because there's a movie coming out. Let's throw these characters yeah, in the back. It's just, if you really want to read the Guardians of the Galaxy, but if you, you pick up a trade. But, yeah, but if you didn't read any of that amazing stuff before if you missed know. Annihilation Conquest you're all right awesomeness this is a good spot to jump in yeah so that's what it's it's just on. as 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 someone who's not a new fan this is upsetting because it's taking the toys I liked but it's playing with them in weird ways yeah exactly because you had and that was back such stories. an impressive run mm-hmm. by those two the whole thing the whole cosmic universe that's as, as height the best it's ever been mm-hmm and now that Marvel cares about Cosmic now, it just feels like it's they're they're making it more generic in some ways. Exactly, and, right. and it's not it's, as it has special. to appeal to the masses, right? It doesn't feel as special. It used to be that that special little place you could go, that like Marvel Universe. Special, like, you know what I mean, though. Like it, it was its own pocket, right? Yes. Kind of like the X Universe half the time, yeah. Where like it didn't really care what was going on elsewhere. You could do your own thing, like. Uh, Civil War was happening at the same time Annihilation was happening. Annihilation, much bigger deal on the grander scale than Civil War. But everyone's looking at Civil War, all the tie-ins, and Annihilation's having its own little thing, and it's like, this is amazing. This is an event. This is great. And the Cosmic Universe was in its own little thing, and now Marvel's like, wait a minute, Cosmic, look, look over here. And it's not the same. Speaking of Cosmic, though, we got Nova. Yes. Now this has been fun. Like, yeah. This is Jeff Loeb having a good time. Yeah. And uh, Loeb has not had some good stuff in a long he's time. He's had some, yeah, some of his uh, stories haven't been as great, but this is a return to form. It's very simple, it's laid back. Uh, Ed McGinnis on art, the only problem being that they're not staying. Yes. So, Odd. so who's taking the reins after Jeff Loeb? Zeb. Oh, is that, maybe that's the Zeb Wells I'm yeah. thinking of. And who's in art? The, um, Medina? Is it Medina? Think oh, so. that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's, he wants to keep it close to what McGinnis has been doing. True. I just it's been such a great ride. I know. Um, and McGinnis is the right kind of guy to do it too. Yeah. And it's just 
Again, I the, like McGinnis' stuff. I really sold a bill of goods, and it's not like with and, DC where I expected. <laughs> I didn't expect it. I expected that this was the new team. I know McGinnis sometimes has time problems with t- uh, deadlines, but he was doing Hulk with um, Jeff Loeb for quite a while. So I just thought that'd be more of the same, and now we only get what five or six issues. Six issues. It's disappointing. I, I agree, and I think uh, McGinnis wasn't doing any over the top McGinnis, right? I think he was. Yeah, I know he, he scaled was, it back a he bit, dialing it back, but it was nice. The one so thing that does make sense though is that there will be a clear break between this is before AVX. This is intro. Yeah. So the okay. next thing will happen after AVX. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, you know what? If you're going to do it, that is a very smart way of doing it because it's a, it's it's like a time period difference. We're jumping ahead. Okay. And it's a totally separate story. And then I'm fine. And it's a different writer, so we're seeing the origin of this new Nova. That being said, it kind of feels a little late because he was in the uh, original Marvel point one point, uh, point one, the one shot, and now he's in, he was in AVX, and now we're like, and now let's show his origin. Well, I've seen him. He's done some cool stuff. He has. Well... I, I, I think I told you this before. I hate how they keep kind of pumping, you know, his his role, his role in AVX, which was so minute and like make it such a big deal. He didn't do anything. Like he punched Cyclops in the face. That was it. Yes, he did. <laughs> like, come on. But Cyclops, Dark Phoenix, though. What can you do? That is amazing. <laughs> um, but no, I do like Sam. This this Sam Alexander so far so good. The art's been fun. The story's been fun. I've been impressed. I'm. I will get this in hardcover. Mm-hmm. It's been. I'm. I, I hope at some point again that they'll address Richard Rider not being around. Blue blazes they better, especially because the world mind shouldn't have any power, like because he was gone, right? Like that was the whole thing that they after Thanos Imperative happened that there were no Novas left. There couldn't be, which I don't. I guess he he took it all back, and anyways, the connection was gone, or the world mind was silent, or some, or and they're all depowered. I forget the exact explanation. I do like that we're seeing the idea that there's these black helmeted Novas and they're they run a little differently and they're yeah. that's kind of cool. Uh, I've told you this before. They could have their own world mind for that part of the core. Okay, you know that's cool. That, actually, I hadn't thought of that. So that's a good concept. Uh, the one thing that has kind of irked me is that, and I've mentioned this off podcast before, is that he's referenced um, his dad referenced fighting with the Guardians of the Galaxy, hmm. and that's like 17 years ago or whatever, how many years ago it was. That bugs me just because they didn't exist in the modern era until Peter Quill put them together and the other Guardians have only existed in the future. And they've, they've, they've tra- traversed the time and space before the original Guardians of the Galaxy and they fought with the Avengers but they're not the, the Guardians of the Galaxy he makes reference to. It's a quibble. Whatever. The book's been fun. I haven't... It's not souring it for me completely. Right. It's not taking it from like a four or four and a half out of five to like a three or right. two. It's just one little thing I've noticed that kind of bugged me. But it's good. Yes. But who knows what the book will look like? That's the thing. Like after this arc, it could be completely different. Very true. So let's see. But Zebul's looked good because the does write good younger characters. So I think he could really do a good job. One thing also is I'm glad that this Sam Sam Alexander feels different and has a different personality than the one from the TV show. Yes, because he's much more of a tool there. But to be fair, he's being used as a counterpoint to Spider-Man. Right, exactly. Like he he is the antagonist like on their little team. He's the one who's playing off of Spider-Man the most. So it makes sense that he's kind of the douchebag of the group. <laughs> well, because that's basically how they've written him. Um, the next up was uh, Secret Avengers by Nick Spencer and Luke Ross. Have you read this? No. Okay. No? Uh, there's a lot of potential here, but it's unclear where they're going to go with it. 
That's all I'll say. Uh, they have taskmasters kind of operating on the team, kind of. The idea is that there's some some missions that are so secret that no one can really know. So they've so that they let they have Hawkeye and Black Widow in the first issue were on it, but uh, they've basically been implanted with like a code word that wipes their memory of the missions they've been on. Really? So it's so secret they can't know that they've been on the mission. That's by Nick Fury Jr. Yeah. So they have the, so you open up issue one and Nick Fury like is shooting Hawkeye. And you're like, what's going on? And then you realize that what Hawkeye thinks he remembers is something different. Because he's been shot, basically, with this, this thing that will wipe his memory hmm. of this incident ever occurring. So, the fact that they can keep going on these missions and these people will never know about it. That's going to blow up on their face at some point. Oh, of yeah. course it is. Um, and, then, <laughs> and, and Taskmaster is basically implanted with this as well. So, he's basically their agent on the inside that they can activate if they need to. But he's like, kind of... No one would know that hmm. he's infiltrating. Um, it's only, I think, had two issues so far. It's been an interesting ride. wasn't sure how I felt about it at first, but the more I've thought about it, the more I'm intrigued by the kind of high concept behind it. So we'll see. It's much more secret than the last Secret Avengers. Because the last Secret Avengers really just is another Avengers squad. Doing, like, you know, yeah. It wasn't really... like They're doing some stuff that maybe the other Avengers didn't know about, but by the end, it didn't feel that way. It was too weird. At that but point. this... but. Th- to be fair, this shouldn't have been called Secret Avengers at all. This is capitalizing on the Avengers name. It should have been called Shield. Like, this is like Nick Fury Jr. running some Shield ops. That's true. With some Avengers on it. That's basically what it is. But they need. I understand the marketing. They want to be able to say this is an Avengers book. Hey, look, it's got a Nick Fury. It looks like the one in the movie. Yeah. So, uh, speaking, of, this just made me think of this. Have you? Did you see? First of all, did you ever watch the TV show Angel by Joss Whedon? Oh, a few. I I watch a lot more Buffy than Angel. Okay. Well, on Angel, there was a um, there was a black guy who played a character named Gunn. Okay. Uh, that that actor has just been uh, cast in a super secret role in um, the upcoming Shield TV series. And so, obviously, the the one there's two thoughts. One thought is he a younger version of Nick of uh, Samuel L. Jackson because he usually has a shaved head. So, I mean, he could play a younger version, and it could be flashbacks when, when we see him. Or is he playing Nick Fury Jr., um, which is possible. As a cheaper way of giving... Uh, as a, hmm? Would they go there, you think? I don't know, maybe. As a, using a cheaper way to get a Nick Fury on the TV series. Probably Sam Jackson. Without invalidating the other one. Oh. And at least it makes, more, it makes more sense than the Nick Fury Jr. that we have in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you want to talk about <laughs> characters who don't really need to exist, or... It's just a flagrant like, trying to capitalize on the success of the movies. I just can't believe they do that to this day. I know, but at least in the in the context of the te- of the movie and cinematic universe, it makes more sense. So I, I'm I'm good with either way. Okay. Uh, after Secret Avengers, we had Uncanny X Men started. Yes. So what did you think of this? Finally, a book you can talk about. Again. <laughs> uh, you talked about no. What am I talking about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this, this is by Benderson Bachalo. I really like Bachalo's work on this. It's okay. a lot cleaner. There's normal uh, messy stuff. I'm still kind of torn on this X on Scott's face. I think part of the problem is just the way the Bachelor uh, illustrates it. Other uh, artists have illustrated it, and it looks badass. Does it, yeah? Yeah. Actually, I think um, Eminent did. I think. The recent issue of uh, yeah. On You? Okay. Like, he actually looks kind of... Because they... Yeah, they don't overemphasize the uh, the helmet all that much. Now, have you read all three current issues, or just the first one? One and two. That's I haven't picked up the third one yet. Okay, um, that's a good one. It's a goodie. It's a goodie. Well, at the end, like they like basically say, like we're gonna go pay a visit to the mansion. 
Nice. And that's where the newest issue of All New picks up. So, like, here they go. They go... So this yeah, is issue one, take, right? It's issue one. Yeah, Bacalo doesn't do the greatest job on that on the, yeah. on the establishing shot. Other people make it look more textured. Okay. And they make it look, again, more badass. Here it just looks kind of silly. Yeah. And how do his beams come out, if at all? Just sorry. Has an X or something? I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. Because doesn't it doesn't seem to shoot yet, have we? Well, no, I don't believe we have. Because before it was like a visor, and yes. you saw it come out of the visor. And now we just see, like, there's obviously, like, they make it almost like glow in the center of the X. Yeah. But is it actually glowing, or is that just like an artistic choice? Like, I, don't I don't know. know. That's a good question. So, I like that Bendis has kind of messed with these characters. Okay. Right? The powers aren't working right. Mm-hmm. Um, Magneto's kind of the mole. Why are Magneto's powers not working right? I still don't get that. He wasn't one of the Phoenix Five. And magic seems fine. But she She's even more powerful. Yeah. It's her thing. Like She's getting more power. Um, but there's we don't not know even, to what extent that's going to be of her benefit or to, to her fault. But there's not even an inconsistency in her power. It's just like, she's just awesome. Like, she's super powerful. It's not like, because with the others, like, things are working wonky. Yeah. She's just better all the time. Whereas Magneto, who wasn't even a Phoenix Five, is messed. Well, how does that make sense? I don't know. I'm, I am interested to see where they go with that. But so far, they don't seem like they're really developing a lot with that here. We saw that in All New X-Men. Yes. That's where we saw more of that, like, oh my god, something's messed up. Here, we didn't see as much in Uncanny. Not, well, I'm hoping maybe not yet. Maybe we'll get there. Hoping they develop it. So... We'll see. I like that it's this book seems to have its own little mission. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think Cyclops has gotten a free pass to a certain extent. He got he was imprisoned. Yeah. He's broken out, and no one's really like. I get why Wolverine's not going after him for that sense, but why isn't Cap? Why isn't Uncanny Avengers? They show up. They show up, but it's not the same, right? No, I agree. But they, you know what I liked about when they did show up? They actually had a conversation. Like, they go when guns are blazing. Yeah. Yeah, well, and that never happens. It's always, especially with superheroes in general, it's always misunderstanding and fight. Yes. Then talk. I like that it was just, we're talking. The X-Men aren't even really doing anything wrong. They're just talking. Yeah. And, and I like that Scott's like, you know, whose fault is it that I was possessed by, a, like, an entity? It wasn't my fault. So, go ahead. Um... But I like it. I like having it has a clear and present uh, direction that's outside of what all he's trying to do. Very true. So that's very nice. Um, we're gonna see the first kind of intersection coming up. Mm-hmm. So that's very cool. I don't know how there's a sentinel still because I thought they got rid of all those. Yeah, I thought they like, trashed them all um, during ABX. So there's some inconsistencies in that regard, right? Um, I you- love how him and Emma kind of had that big talk and they split up. Yeah. Um, and she's why she wearing black now. Not the White Queen anymore. But Magneto's white now. He's the White King again. That's interesting. Nah, and okay. After the first issue, I'm not big on the Weapon X being their no. home base. Um, I didn't like obviously the fact that I don't know why Magneto had to shave his head because now he looks like Xavier. But the fact is, like, he should there should be something about his body that that looks that makes him look different. But instead, Bachelor just makes him look like Xavier, and it's like. I want him to, like, I understand the premise, but... But he has that, like, the jawline, he looks, he does look like McNeil with no hair. It still looks like Eric to me. I, I guess. I it doesn't look like Charles to me. No? No. I don't know, I guess... Give the, that hair. I guess he's got a, a little bit more of a square jaw, and that's, he's got a wider face, and he's not as pointy. Um, yeah. I guess that's true. I, 
I remember reading the first issue, and I think we talked about it uh, again off the podcast. But why do I keep talking off podcast? <laughs> um, and I and I and I didn't really like the end of the first issue. I didn't like that it was Magneto there. Obviously, they they allayed my concerns. That now is he a double agent or is he just a triple agent? Like, which side is he playing? Yeah, who knows, right? Like, how much of what he said in the first issue is true, and how much of it is false? Because uh, obviously, it goes a lot of both ways. He is pissed off at Scott because his powers messed up. And, and like, but at the same time, he's not necessarily um, going against them per se. Like he is kind of playing within his own game. It's interesting. I'm interested to see where this where this goes. I'm hoping it doesn't. We don't see that many intersections between the two books. Actually, what actually reminds me in All New X Men, it's really pissed me off. Uh, oh. The last page of the last issue. Um, you have basically Cyclops saying like I want you guys I'm inviting everyone to join me join my team and you have everyone kind of go back up they, they go inside they think about it they talk about it the X-Men show back um, sorry Cyclops shows back up everyone's outside and someone off panel says like I accept but, and everyone's like oh, but we don't get to see I'm like screw off like at least show me at least show me who at least move, let me be surpri- as surprised as they are. But instead, I don't even get to be that surprised because oh, I wait till the next issue. Like, it's such a bullshit thing to do. Ah, it's easier. Yeah, I'd, be, I'd rather have the, the cliffhanger of seeing who it was who agrees to go with him than having everyone else's expressions as they're incredulous as who's going to go visit him, uh, go with him, but not going to see. All right. It's like Venice is like, oh, oh, oh. Nope, can't see it. <laughs> Next issue. Next issue. You give me a cool cliffhanger and I'll buy it anyway. That's true. But look at this. This little map of the Weapon X Institute here. Yeah. Like, I love how they just get these fully operational places going. Oh, the Thunderbolts did it once. They took over an old Factor 3 uh, installation and uh, they made their base in a mountain. That's how the original Thunderbolts were operated. This I don't happens. want it to be a continuity horror, but... Wolverine just blew the crap out of this place up in Sabretooth Reborn. Well, which one is this? There, how many, there have been a lot of Weapon X facilities. Have there? Okay. I don't know. Yeah, there have been a lot. I mean, yeah. you got to remember, there was that new version of Weapon X, like, what, eight, ten years ago? Maybe 12 years new ago? New version eight to ten years ago. Yeah, there's a, um, Calcord, Calcord. There's a whole different team. Like, Sauron was an agent of Weapon X. Like, there was a whole other oh, thing yeah, going on. I remember on. that. Anyway, so... Remember Neverland? Yeah, I remember Neverland. That's where they kill Maggot. God. That's how they kill off characters of no usefulness. <laughs> they bring you to a concentration camp for mutants, and then they murder you. Oh man! But no, it's again, it's been, it's kept a new X line of books so far so good. I'm looking forward to the new uh, Brian Wood and Copale book. Yeah. Um, as long as it, as long, I want every X book. If you're gonna have an X book, have a clear mission statement yes every book every character or book like it's like i said in, in last episode about um about batman i like when every batman book has a distinct feel and tone and you can sense this is why this book is existing in this yes. way like i'm, I'm reading this because i want to read det- batman as a detective i'm reading this one because i want him to be more as a superhero i i want each x book to be the same exactly like, so cable and x-force I don't really know what they're up to, but at least like, they're doing their own kind That's of thing. Direction. Uh, Uncanny X Force, not really clear what their purpose is yet. Hopefully, that'll become known soon. Well, that's my issue with this one. Like, it's all girl cast. That's great, but what is what are they doing together? Do, right. And the problem is, for, like, I like Brian Wood, but he was already writing Ejectiveless X Men, and I didn't read it then. And 
I wasn't a huge fan of it then. So am I going to be that much? I love Jubilee and Storm, Rogue, Kitty Pryde, Rachel Gray, and uh, Psylocke. Cast, yeah. It's a great cast. Uh, some of them are now doing double or triple duty. Um, it could be really cool, but it could also really fall apart. Yeah. But it's Koipel, so I feel like it can't. I feel like... I'm surprised the Koipel's on it, because it feels like such a niche kind of Brian Wood doing his own weird little thing because he had a very indie artist before and now you're giving him like a top talent so it's obviously going to make more people be like okay what is this mm-hmm. what's going on here he's meant for event books he's meant for something big like that's how I feel about Corpel because his art's so good so he's on this book that makes me take and notice. Nate should be all over this you would think hmm? Nate should be all over this uh, he, oh he's fa- he can't wait he's yeah. very excited but he'll buy the trade which will happen like you know 12 months after because now they have a new policy that hardcover comes first and then at least eight issues eight uh, months later is the trade Uh, which is really sad for me because I don't really like it in the hardcovers usually so yeah but I'm excited for Uncanny it it does they've kind of said like the flagship X-Book is back no all new feels like all new is the flagship by far by far Uh, then uh, in uh, March that just passed we got the launch of Wolverine by Cornell and Alan Davis. I did not care for it. I'm not I, a big fan of Alan Davis's artwork. No, I'm not with. a big fan. I, I think I remember I glanced through it really quickly. Something about he was trying to save this kid from his dad robbing a bank. And then the kid turns Wolverine kind of thing. And Wolverine hunts the kid. Is that yeah, the gist? Basically, there's there's a, a demonic entity of some kind. It's mind jumping. I didn't care. Uh, so then at some point in April, we'll have the release of X-Men by Wood and Coipel. Now, there are, are other books that have been branded Marvel now. Um, they include, uh, well, Hawkeye for one. A lot of them have the, the re-evolution tag at the bottom. Yes, yes, yes. But it's not necessarily well, what, really what we're going to refer to here. Uh, Avengers Assemble got fully branded, though. Uh, after the original arc with, my cat wants to be in the podcast today, so it's meowing. So when Bendis um, got off the book. The minute Bendis left, it got branded Marvel now. Yeah, okay. So then you had the addition of uh, Kelly Sudakonik, that's Matt Fraction's wife, uh, writing Avengers Assemble. And you have Stefano Caselli from um, uh, like Avengers, Initi- and Avengers Initiative yeah. and uh, Secret Warriors on But Earth. now, does this book have a purpose anymore, though? Not really. And in the grand... Like, look... Marvel, DC, I get it. You got great characters and great teams. I don't need fifteen Avenger books and seventeen X Men books. Yeah. Keep them purposeful and great. Don't oversaturate the market with crap. Please. It's not okay, I'll put this. It's not bad, but I would I don't say you need to read it. It feels like it's it is it's in its own bubble and I I feel like it's one of those books that doesn't really matter all that much. Yeah. Don't need it. Um, then we have Journey into Mystery. I jumped right off. Um, I was reading it with uh, Kid Loki. I liked it. Karen so Gillen. Sif is the main character. Yeah. Right? yeah. Nothing against Sif. I, I think it's awesome that she's going to headline a, a book. I just don't personally... I read part of the first issue. I was like, I don't really, I don't really get this. I don't really care. It's written by Catherine Nimonen and uh, artwork by Valerio Shiti. Uh, read She-Hulk. Biggest surprise in Marvel now. I almost um, I ordered it from Amazon. I was gonna, I almost picked it up today from uh, One Million Comics just because I wanted to show it to you. But I I, I got it, the price point just made more sense to wait for my Amazon right. order to come in like a week or two. Um, it Red She Hulk basically Red Hulk, which was at fifty eight, uh, became Red She Hulk instead. It's written by Jeff Parker with art by uh, Carlo uh, Bagulan and Wellington Alves. I love both artists. It's, it's just a fun drunk. Uh, sorry. Uh, romp of a book 
I know you don't. Is, care. is it Hawkeye-ish then? Is that what it is? No, it. No. Here's Betty Ross is a Red Hulk. She smashes things. Have fun. Like what? um, kind of. It's it's very very like there's a super soldier program that the military is kind of instituting, and Red Shield's messing it up, and she's trying to take it down. Um, Why? Like, well, that's the thing. Why is she doing this? Oh. And then they reveal that um, again, for fans of Secret Warriors and those characters, not Secret Warriors, sorry, Shield by uh, Jonathan Hickman. He plays with some of those characters and concepts here. Jeff Barker does. Um, So she basically gets... I forget. There's this girl uh, who's hooked up to this this system that, again, was part of that storyline. And she basically gets a vision of the future. And she's trying to prevent something from happening, which would have happened if she doesn't take down this this program. So there is a reason for her to do it, but then it leads into uh, Machine Man teaming up with her. And being involved, and I love Machine Man in this book. He's not doesn't feel like the next wave version of him. He's a little different. He's, a, he's back to more of an old school Machine Man look. But he okay. is. It's basically those two teaming up, and they're so much fun to read together. I've just enjoyed it. It's it's fun. I expected to absolutely hate it. I I, I read the first issue just for reading it on the podcast. I'm like, I'm gonna read this. I'll give it a shot. It's probably gonna suck. Loved it. Complete surprise. Part of it's. The um, the X Men First Class effect. I thought it would suck as a movie, and then it didn't suck, and it was enjoyable. I think that's what part of it was. So fair enough. I mean, if I had gone to it with great expectations, who knows how it would have felt? Uh, Wolverine and the X Men got branded uh, as of issue number nineteen. I'm so done with this book. It's it does not know what it wants to be. It's uh, it's um, uh, yeah. It's I can't remember the word, but it's just. It keeps trying to decide. It, it does. I, and every I few issues, it has a setup issue. You want to love it? I would do, because I, I enjoy the whole concept behind it. I think, to a certain extent, all new X-Men's kind of taken over it, because the focus is at Wolverine and a school. I know the, the majority of the focus is on, on the five, on, on the five, five but yeah. it's still based at Aaron's school. So it's hard to... Mishmash the book because yeah. it has to matter in Aaron's book too, right? That yeah. they're there. You can't just ignore the fact that they're there and but still kind of does. Stuff. He has so far, but how long can that last? Well, right? We're, we're spending a lot of time in the Savage Land with Dog, who's a time traveling brother of Wolverine. Um, yes. I'm just, I, I'm just so over it, and I want to like this book, and it, and things will happen, and then they don't, don't explain what's going on. Um, even the characters I like, like I like Kid Omega, I never thought I would. Um, this book actually makes him more enjoyable, but again, it just feels like he's not even living up to his potential as a character. He's just they're they're just going through the motions, and if, I, I think at some point they're going to deal with the Hellfire Club. Who cares? Yeah, I'm I'm ready to get rid of Kid Kilgore. Although I gotta say, for a while. having Dog in the book makes me long for the days of Kid Kilgore. <laughs> Oh, seriously, I'm like, where is the help for that stupid childlike Hellfire Club that I don't like? I'd rather have them than this stupid dog and whatever he's bringing with him. And yeah. I just don't care for it. Uh, although the one thing I did like over the last issue, again, every issue is a little bit awful, a little bit good, is you had uh, Wolverine going, they're on their way to the Savage Land. It's a flashback of him talking with the kids and giving them each something. Like he gives, I forget which, which character he gives it to, but he gives, he's like, I'm going to give you a code name. Sprite. It belongs to someone who like matters a lot to me. Is someone who you know has all these skills and this what they could be in this zest for life and name you Sprite. And he goes and tells someone else something deeply personal. 
but like really interesting in his personality and his continuity. So I liked that, but then half the issue was dog, and I hated it. So it's like it just can't decide what it wants to be. Uh, then we have, I guess, two limited series, which are Marvel Now branded. Okay. Uh, Age of Ultron. Yes. I don't really want to talk a lot about it, because we're going to talk about this eventually when it's over. Okay. So, if you're liking it, I'm not a huge fan. That's basically where we're at. Sure. Well, I mean, more or less, you're enjoying the event. Yeah, I, if I ignore the fact that the timing of it really stinks. Okay. Right? Because look at, you look at Marvel's history of events, mm-hmm. right? And they've done an excellent job uh, doing some level of build-up towards it, mm-hmm. executing it, and having a level of follow-up to it. Yeah. Right? This is built up to three years, like two or three years ago. Yeah, they did some little, little teasings and things and that. And suddenly it's here. And that, that day has come, as it says in, in, the, in the promo. Mm-hmm. Submit or perish and all this kind of fun stuff. Yeah. And, you know, if I ignore everything else that happened, I like, treat it like almost like a House of M, like, here's this thing is happening. Pretty like, much is, right? It's going to yeah, be undone. it has to be. You can't tell me that Fantastic Four are dead. You can't tell me that Jennifer Walters is dead, getting blasted through the skull, mm. you know? Um, yeah, but I felt very, like, really? Yeah. You've already established that... Um, when you discover its vision that uh, Ultron's not there it's more of time right so you got the time travel yeah, already yeah. kind of teased in there so you know and I know you were peeved off about the numbering thing but you, we still got and Superior Spider-Man number 6 as well as 6 AU so who yeah. really cares um, just call it a one shot yeah I know I agree because um, there are people who need to own everything, and they will have bought that, and they will be like, "This is where's your three five? Although to be fair, it was actually a good issue, so I don't feel I, those people won't be so upset. But people who bought Fantastic Four or Five AU will be like, "This is garbage. I just spent money on stuff that needs to be torched because <laughs> it's so awful." Fine, um, but in any case, yeah, it. I like it. It's it's pretty. It's I've I. Yeah, we'll leave it at that because we can talk more about it later. Okay, I, I'm pretty cool. I'm not. I feel like maybe stand alone. I, maybe I sound too. I sound too angry about it, but it's it's not. I'm, I'm more excited for something like Avengers Infinity because it's spinning out of actual stuff that's happening in the comics, mm-hmm. and it's written by that writer, and like that writer has a plan, and they're using that to tell an event. And I don't believe Avengers Infinity is even supposed to be that long. It's just something that's happening, and I can't wait. I think it's about Dustin Weaver, actually. He okay. liked it in Avengers, so... Um, that I'm more excited about, because, again, I can be excited about it. Like, there's, it's hard to be excited about an event when it just happens. Right. Like, yeah, it's, it's just... plopping your face. Yeah, yeah, I mean, back in the day, maybe, like, you know, the original Seeker uh, Wars back in the 80s just happened, but, again, there was no precedent. But now we have precedent of you build up an event in some way. Exactly. Something. Because you've done... Like, look at what... We were just talking about it here previously, right? Mm. You have what Hickman's doing in Avengers, and you have all these different Avenger books having their clear mm-hmm. mission statement and stuff, and suddenly you shove this event that they're all key characters in, mm-hmm. and you're like, when did this happen? And the, the costumes are all out of whack, because none of them correspond yeah, with what they're wearing isn't, isn't, like, he's not wearing the right costume, but yeah. as we tell by 6AU, he definitely is the Superior Spider-Man. Exactly. Did you read that, by the way? I did, yeah. Was that good? Yeah. That was a fantastic issue. Yeah. It wasn't written by Dan Slott. It was written by, what, Gage? Um, but it, that is what Doc Ock would do in that yeah. situation. And that was awesome. Absolutely. Like, of course he would go and try and, you know, uh, take over the different yeah. bots and try to fight Ultron directly. Which is kind of cool, because it, it, it made for a pretty sweet one-shot that you wouldn't have gotten if Peter Parker was Spider-Man. 
No, you're right. It so, felt this is a unique thing that was that, that was one of the very positive things to to make Superior Spider-Man do outside of his yep. And then we have Lockport book. We have uh, Thanos Rising, which I haven't read yet, so I can't Nor speak to it. it. Can't really speak to it. And then the one one shot was the one that started it all. Was the Marvel, Marvel now point one, which I didn't. Well, I didn't really like it. It more than ever, it felt like here's a series of vignettes that aren't really related. Go for it. <laughs> It was really just a promo book. I mean, they do that every few All years yeah. after each event. I mean, that's how they launched um, Secret Warriors. They did the same thing. They did a Dark Reign uh, one shot, and then a bunch of new books. That's I right. mean, it is what it is. Uh, that last issue of uh, Second Coming ended up being a pure. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. that disappointed me. Huge. Uh, okay, it looks like Infinity is going to be a, a six issue limited series with a rotating team of artists on six issues to do it's rotating. Odd. By Jim Chung, Jerome Pena, and Dustin Weaver. I am in on all of those guys. That is awesome. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what that's going to be like. Um, and then we have uh, Avengers AI as part of... Sorry, Infinity is part of Wave 2, which I guess starts in July. Um, and then we have Avengers AI also coming in July. And that'll be Sam Humphreys and Andre Lima Arau. I don't know the artist. That makes me a little nervous. So who knows? That'll be the, the aftermath of Age of Ultron. So let's see. I don't know. What do you think? High hopes? Low hopes? I'm interested to see okay. what else they're going to name. Actually, sorry, this reminds me of something. For Phase 2, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Um, Because well, we're looking at... This may not be the greatest source, because we are looking at Wikipedia <laughs> for, for Marvel now, just as an idea. But uh, the upcoming Superior Spider-Man uh, tie-ins or spin-offs... Are they going to be Marvel Now branded, or do we even know? Because there's going to be Superior 6. There's going to be, um, I guess, what, Superior Spider-Man team-up? Because they're ending Avenging Spider-Man. And they're going to have it be Superior Spider-Man instead. So I don't know what the point was there. Um, Could it be a temporary name change? I don't, I don't know. I think they're relaunching the number, though. Because, oh, really? Well, I'm, I'm it, really... It kinda makes, if, if he's, like, next if he's fighting the Avengers, if he's off the Avengers, kind of Avenging Spider-Man doesn't make any sense anyways. No, I guess you're true. You're right. Uh, I am really enjoying... Your numbers um, necessary, but... Yeah. I'm really enjoying Avenging Spider-Man, though. Because every issue so far, he's gone up... Like, first he went up against... Uh, well, the first issue we read was just him... The, the changeover. Him. Changeover, yeah. Then there and was then, in the X-Men. And then it was the X-Men. Or Wolverine's and, side of it. Yeah. And then uh, it was him in the Fantastic Four, and it was basically him about locating the Sandman particle. That's what yeah. he got from it. And the next issue after that, he, uh, uh, with Thor... And then he captures Electro. So he's capturing the Sinister Six. Really cool. Yes. And I'm interested to see where it goes with that. Um, one of my favorite parts about that book, you do not have Ghost Peter Parker. I realized that that was something that I noticed and enjoyed more. Is that not, like, I like that Ghost Peter Parker's there, but I don't, as I said before, half the time he's just going, Doc, I wouldn't do that. What are you doing? Like, he's just kind of whining. He's just a bystander. He's not a partner. He's not actually adding anything to the story. He's just giving you more commentary. I... I can do that myself. Like, I, I can say, Doc Ock, why are you doing that? Like, done. Like, I just did everything that Peter just did in an issue. Um, but whereas in Avenging, you don't have that. It's stripped out. Right. So it's clean. It's just Doc Ock is Spidey. And that's actually more enjoyable in some ways. N- not to knock Dan Slot. I mean, I understand why he's doing it. But right. Because he's using him, it kind of makes it not as enjoyable. I guess my, my issue with this Avengers AI, because... Age of Ultron seems almost displaced a bit, mm-hmm. and you have all this stuff currently on the go. Yeah, 
Like Marvel now is the status quo. Why do you have already an event looking to maybe change it again to a yeah. certain degree? Who knows if it will, though, because it, as we said, it's probably got some a lot of time travel involved in it. Now that we know that Ultron from the future is attacking backwards, like what does that even mean for the book? They're just going to reset it in some way. Obviously, there might be some sort of lasting repercussion, but you're right. Like, what's the what, what's the point? Like, Marvel now was exciting because everything was reset, yeah, but not reset. You know what I mean? And now you're right. What 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 is this doing? What is its function? Yeah, I hate to say it, like, like AVX had a purpose exactly. Like, and and they yeah. drove it to where we are now. Like, basically, it was bringing mutants back, but it was also giving them a clean kind of yeah, a, a great spot to kind of let's start relaunching a lot of our books yeah. and. Okay, done. So may, maybe this AI is just a matter of, of Pym going to the future to deal with stuff or something. Maybe it'll just be some little side thing related to Age of Ultron. But as a whole, Age of Ultron end up being kind of like Fear Yourself. Something happens, but afterwards nothing really happened. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that's what Fear Yourself essentially was. It was probably like out of all the Marvel events, the one event that didn't matter at all. Yeah. You know? So I felt when I read Final Crisis, that was my final scroll with DC. I read that. Everything before, everything after. It's like it never happened. Yeah, it didn't. Uh, well, and then New 52 happened, which made sure it never happened. Yeah, so whatever. But you could jump on any New 52 book now, theoretically. And just, you know, you, you should pick up some New 52. Give it a shot. No? Just give me dead eyes. I've, I've given Green Lantern its course. I've read the Batman stuff that I've... Anything of, of real interest, I've, I've tried to dabble into, but... True. It's just... DC's just so hard. I've, I've given them so many opportunities to really... Wow, you? ...sink my teeth, and I just can't get engaged with them. Mm. You know? And I've tried. It's not like I'm a hater or anything. Everything they have is crap, blah, blah, blah. I'm just, I'm just a Marvel guy. It's just... Yeah, no... You know? Yeah, it happens at a young age. You get wired a certain way. You, oh. you get used to a certain... Style. I mean, they're they're fundamentally different universes. I mean, yes, they're both telling superhero stories, but very different ways. Very different ways, it. exactly. Like I got, I hopped on at a good time when it was like the Jeff Johns peaking of things when Green Lantern got started when he was doing Teen Titans. That was so good. That is the best era. Well, I, for Green Lantern, the best era Green Lantern ever had. Yeah, exactly. Like, for sure. So and I hopped on. I I, I picked up um, Identity Crisis and, and hardcover. This, that, and the other thing. Really tried. And uh, you saw that to me. I did. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Looks, looks good in my bookshelf. <laughs> and it was a fun ride, and eventually it just it got thinner and thinner and thinner. Uh, then Grant Morrison came and screwed up a lot of things for me. And now the Johns is leaving Green Lantern. I'm kind of like, okay, I'm ready to mm-hmm. stop for a bit, and I'll dabble here and there if anything catches my eye. Yeah. But I, I think you know, I can focus on Marvel. I'm glad that they're doing an overhaul of the Green Lantern universe because it means I can walk. Like, I already kind of did, but yeah. like now I... I'm official, too. Like, I won't feel bad about it at all. And yeah. Like, they, it's run its course. This is something we will talk about on a future episode. Yes. Because, I mean, it's a lot to talk about, that entire Jeff Johns era. But, it, for the most part, brilliant stuff. Really exciting. Made people care about... It made Green Lantern a franchise. Like, it didn't... I mean, I think maybe once in its history it had two books. But it was, like, a quarterly book and, like, a regular book. And then it went through a lot of bad years. I mean... The Kyrie years were up and down. Some really good years, some not so much. And then the book was cancelled and no one really cared. No one was like, oh my god, they I, obviously they'd already announced Rebirth. But I mean, everyone was like, when is Rebirth happening? They didn't care that Kyle was being possibly shuttled off. It was to Jeff John's credit that he didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And kept them around and made them vital and important. 
well, not, not really vital and important, but at least gave him a place at the table. Um, but it was, it was clear who was at the, the head of that table. Right. So, you know, that is a future discussion. Yes, a huge discussion. Uh, any other f- uh, further thoughts about Marvel Now Phase 1? <clears throat> no, I've been very happy with it as a whole. Uh, there's more books after speaking with you today that I'll, I will now delve into, and we can talk more on uh, moving forward. Just um, wait eight months from now, wave two. We're going to do it. We're going to be like, wave two, let's talk about it. Yeah, that's probably I, true. I hope that we get some good stuff in wave two. I mean, obviously we've only heard about Infinity and Avengers AI. So far, Avengers AI doesn't really no. grab me. I Hank Pym having another book, okay, whatever. Sam Humphrey's not a huge fan, and the artist I don't know, so the, art, the creative team hasn't grabbed me. Uh, the characters involved haven't yet grabbed me. Um... But a lot of that also depends on what happens in the Age of Ultron. It's a spin-out book, right? It's spinning it out of that event. Absolutely. So if the event ends with you know, a great ending, they kept saying it has an unguessable ending and that Joe Quesada was doing some pages and it was super secret. And now we know that Joe Quesada was working on the Angela pages. Well, is that the super secret part or is something else well, super sorry, the what pages? Angela. Oh, Angela, okay. Right. Her pages where she's yeah, coming yeah, in yeah. from uh, the Spawn right. universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there are, like I think, four or five artists working on the last issue. Uh, of of Age of Ultron, but it sounds like they're all doing specific things, so it'll hopefully make sense. But I'm not as excited about the end of it as I was before we found out about Angela, because I don't care. Yeah, that's I don't true. care about that character and the fact. It's that like when Constantine showed up at the end of Brightest Day or whatever kinda, it was, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and but but even worse. Yeah, because I know who Constantine is. I didn't know who he was. That, like, was, that was terrible for me. I, said, who I is at least this guy know that he has a shitty movie. Um, <laughs> but, and, but I couldn't recognize him on that final panel. Like, okay, Swamp Thing came back, and there's this weird detective British dude. guy's at Box. Yeah. yeah. Like, That's still better than Angela. I know her because there was a legal dispute over the character, and she was in Spawn. That's all I know, and that's all I ever wanted to know. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I hear that she's going to be involved in the cosmic area. No, please don't. No, I like the cosmic area enough. You can do everything. Bendis can do what you keep wanting him to do. You can make it not like Abner and Landing. That's fine, but don't throw Angela there. She doesn't belong in the Marvel Universe. Just keep it out. Fence it off. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't need, see the need to always... Like, status quo don't last anymore, right? Oh, like, no, they don't they last five minutes. tops, if that. If you're lucky. Right? And it's... Uh, it's unfortunate because it used to guess you used to run with something for a while and enjoy it, and I guess things get old too fast. And people need you and different things, and it's just a different world we live in mm-hmm. these days, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but you know, like Hickman's doing this great job building this world mm-hmm. for the Avengers now, right? So I'm hoping it's an Avengers world that this world will evolve into something and be something incredible for a long time. And I hope no event or nothing crazy derails him from what he wants to eventually accomplish and he can have his whole body of work at some point and then afterwards someone might come and crash that whole world down and yeah. do whatever they want to do afterwards yeah, but, but let, l- let him do his run the way he wants to let some of these these people they're, they're clearly letting Dan Slott do the same with Spider-Man they've, they've said okay dude you're going to do this crazy thing with him and Doc Ock and you go with it buddy and everyone else around you has to suffer with it mm-hmm. and they made that big decision because people still we gotta use Spider-Man really Really, but some and, people are doing a good job of it. Yeah, and, and thankfully we're seeing is. some of that. So, you know, it, it's all a delicate balance, and um, 
you know, it's comic books, right? Things are always going to change. It you're is not, comic you're, books. You're not going to be happy at all times. You're going to read some crap as, as as much as you read some awesome stuff as you mm-hmm. go. That's true. Um, but this new Marvel initiative has been, I think, a success. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, I think it's been uh, very yeah. good for uh, maybe not awesome for new readers, but pretty good for all of us who've stayed stayed put for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some good jumping on points there's, I think for some of the books. Yeah, not all a, of them. There are some, some of the books. A good a new good new coat of paint. I mean, it's and a lot of just a fresh perspective. I mean, again, just being able to move people around and like like Hickman was with Fantastic Four for a while. Like he wrote maybe what three or four years worth. It's good to have him, let him do something different. Um, same thing with Bendis. He needed to change a pace. Uh, so now he's, he's doing rocking it so far. And now he's rocking it. So, I mean, there's they're getting the creative uh, juices flowing, and hopefully the, a lot of these teams will stay in place. Um, the only thing I would I would, I would, I would hope, and it's too bad, and I understand why, but so much double shipping. Like, basic, like Avengers is, bi- is bi-weekly. It comes out every two weeks. Yeah. It's hard when you budget monthly for your books. It is. Now, I will say this. It used to be feel a lot more slapdash. It used to feel a lot more... This week, this month, you're having two issues, and the weirdest titles, too. Like, Dark Avengers is coming out. Right. And not the good Dark Avengers, back there. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The Thunderbolts one. And it'd be like, two issues are coming out? And you're like, well, wait, why? And at least now it seems like set books are coming out twice a month. The good ones. At, yeah, the good ones, yeah. yeah. But you know what I mean? At least now it feels much more like these are the books that come out twice a month. That's true. Like I know the writing portion like is done yeah. way in advance, essentially. But for the artist's sake, I'd I'd rather wait month to month. Yeah. Because... But again, we're getting rotating artists, and but I don't like that. I want like segments on Superior Spider-Man. Keep him on there. Let him do his work, right? Yeah. Because he was beautiful in Scarlet Superior. It's a lot more rougher and scratchier, and it doesn't look quite right. It might be the point, though. Maybe that's what he wants. Maybe that's the look he's going for. <sighs> Maybe I don't. To me, it looks rushed. Okay. Because you can see some of it there, like some of the detail and what he did, Scarlet is there, but it's not on everything. Mm. So that's just my opinion. All right, cool. Well, we like your opinion. That's why we invite you on the show. (laughs) If we didn't, you wouldn't be on the show. Thank you. Uh, So thanks, thank you for joining us for our, uh, I guess, almost two and a half hours worth of. Did we about two and a half hours on this? Yeah, about I. uh, I thought today stupidly that we could do two episodes in less than four hours. I was completely incorrect. Um, so th- thanks for joining us for episode 70. This has been our look at Marvel Now, uh, the uh, the first wave. Uh, hopefully way down the line we'll be doing one on wave two once that has some a bunch of issues down Attraction, its belt. Yeah. That probably won't be for at least eight to nine months, if not more. Um, but thanks for joining us. Thanks again to Paul for uh, joining us on the podcast. You can it's been fun. send emails to comicshenanigans at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook. You can also post in the HC Realms uh, thread where we usually uh, put it out links up to every episode. Um, also, any, anything particularly you want to see us focus on in the future, let us know. And we're happy to uh, you know kind of take those types of uh, suggestions to heart and see what we can do to uh, put together new episodes. I mean, we do... A new episode every week, so we want to try and keep it vibrant, fresh, and interesting, just like comics. Uh, All right, so thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.